and welcome to episode 565 of Conversation Street with Michael and Gemma. And Gemma, that's her. We are talking about this week's trippy episodes of Coronation Street between the 27th of February and the 3rd of March 2023. That's episodes 10,888 to 10,893. Do you feel like you experienced something that you'd never had before? Yeah, I've been to another Because you've never... You've never been drunk, even. I, no, I don't know what it's like to be drunk, so but it means I'm just going to skip that and go straight to the LSD after uh, to this week's Coronation Street or something. That looked lovely. You have been on an office chair while I spin it round and round. That's you? the closest, yeah. That I, is pretty much the same thing. I don't, I don't want to be confronted with the uh, reanimated corpses of all the people that I've murdered, though. So maybe, maybe it's for the best that I don't. wasn't wasn't this wasn't this Thursday's Coronation Street silly, everybody? I loved it. <laughs> this wasn't it. It, it. As as expected, it completely split the fan base. But I've been reading around comments on like soap forums and Facebook and Reddit and everything, and it does seem like there are more people who are starting to <laughs> cave in and just accept the just story accept it. for its silliness, and they're like thinking, I'm I think I'm like. And ironically liking this now, I think you know. I'm, I don't I'm not... like that phrase. Think... Ironically liking something, Why? it kind of just it's it's kind of smug, isn't it? It's like, can you not just enjoy something? <laughs> Do you have to feel I like can't quite admit it to like myself, you have to but... say, listen, everybody, I'm above this, but I like it. Like <laughs> I like candy floss, but ironically. <laughs> just like it it's sweet it's silly it's sugary just enjoy it just be there in, in the back of my head I was watching Thursday's Coronation Street and thinking what what on earth has this program I loved it. become I don't but care I, we were just oh, smiling people, all, the, all the way just through just enjoy and it I, just admit it this is right people say oh I like that but only ironically to kind of protect themselves from criticism because for something that's slightly naff yeah. Come on. Stop saying ironically. Just own up to it. Let's all just be true to ourselves. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to talk about about uh, Thursdays and other uh, episodes. Tonight's was quite good as well. Uh, episodes this week, but um, we have got a quiz and and competition now. Everybody, you've got one week left to enter our Patreon competition, where you can win a one year Rovers Return level. Patreon subscription. Well, I forgot what the prize was then. Well, don't enter. I mean, oh. that's as simple as that. We are we are going to be hopefully announcing our winners this time next week on the podcast. So if you haven't entered yet, you've got a few more days left to do it. You can win a year's... I think I keep thinking when I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking of Charlie and the Chocolate. A year's supply of chocolate. No, you can win a year's supply of Patreon Conversation Street top tier bonus content, which is bonus episodes once a month. You get a lovely piece of physical merch. You get a postcard. Oh, that reminds me. We still owe somebody a postcard. Sorry if that's you. Um, uh, just loads of great stuff, really. Previews of what's coming up. Um, so all you need to do, if you would like to be in with a chance of that, is email us. To the answer to this question. Now listen carefully because there are still Don't try and wing it. there are still people who aren't it. listening to the question carefully enough. And I know I'm a teacher. I'm used to this at school, but I really, really want you to all have your best shot at winning this Patreon prize. This is the question. Pin your ears back, guys. In 1991, Stephen Andy, Corey's original podcasters, set up a pirate radio <laughs> station. What was the name of the show? The show, the, right. the little episodes, all right. All right. not the radio station. All right. The, the title, and whose title poked fun at their teacher, Ken Barlow. 
So we've had a, we've had probably about three people so far who've emailed us with the name of the radio station. I don't want the name of the radio station. We want the name of the show. So find that. It's very easy to find out if you go on Corypedia. It was back in 1991 that they did it. Hopefully it won't take you too long to, to search around and find it. If you realise that you have sent us the wrong thing already, you just send it in again. You can enter twice, but only if you have a different answer yeah. the second time. We, we, we did have somebody that sent us about four entries, one after each other. I think that was a mistake. Week. I think that might have I been a mistake. I think they thought they hadn't sent it. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to overlook that this, one. This is like the most entries we've ever had for a Patreon competition, it's because actually. because we're awesome. So it, it must be. I'm feeling, you know, quite, quite honoured that people want the prize that much. So thank you very much. So it can only be one winner that, and we'll find out who it is next week. So get those entries in by the 9th of March, please. Do you think we should um, ask people if they want to buy a special edition water bottle are we talking about this now well, i don't we? know we don't know if anyone wants we don't one. know what we're doing about it well i'm going to pass over to you Gemma, as you okay right so unleashed the there was a Pandora special edition here. 10 year anniversary patreon exclusive gift which was a lovely orange bottle water bottle with trademark. a uh with a black icon of our logo now we wanted to get some more but we can't but we can get a black bottle with silver etching with it's the lovely. logo it looks very swish and we're, we wondered we're calling it the platinum the platinum edition, edition. if yeah. anybody are you interested in this we, we're not necessarily going to get do them you, we've been in touch with the people buy one they they cost i think i think that they're 500 i think <laughs> i think they're small, 500 pounds michael <laughs> for the million for the 500 milliliters i can't remember what size they are i think they're about 22 pounds for a small size. one and and thirty pound for a large one, but they're I don't not, know. They're not cheap, but would you like? And you one? have to pay for postage to wherever you live, which can be about seven pounds if you live in Canada or America. They are exclusive, and we can only do one run. I don't know if anyone's interested. Yeah, we we'll literally... want one. Um, can you drop us a line? Just Otherwise, say if you would want know. to buy one, and don't pretend because we have to order them. Yeah, we and we it have costs us money to buy. We them. don't want to buy a batch of them no. and people turn around saying, "Nah, actually, don't fancy it's, it." We might just set up some kind of official pre-sale thing. It's a really, but, it's um, really cool. It's it's yeah, it, and it's a, a different thing to the Patreon. We want to give away. No, this is for actual Patreon. sale. Yeah, we've also like got some T-shirts left over in the attic. So if you want a Conversation Street T-shirt, um, drop us a line about that, and we'll Does anyone want try and do you a deal. A husband or a cat. Hey, thank they you very much. They are second hand. They are very cheap. You wouldn't be able to do the podcast without me, Gemma. Or is, is that... Oh, is that part of the plan? <laughs> Who knows? Right, can we do yeah, a no, quiz? Let us know if you want any of that stuff. And, you know, over the, over the coming months, it may well become available. Yes, I'd love to do a quiz, please. This could happens... It, could, uh, only if... If it's things that happen on Coronation Street between the 27th of February and the 3rd of March and years ending in an 8 and a 3. Is that the kind of quiz that you got for me today? Yeah. Oh, thank goodness How for that. How did you know? I've been boning up. No, I haven't been. I've not been Boning? It. You've been boning, boning up what? for it. Okay, right. Boning up Coronation for it. Coronationstreet.fandom.com is where I got the information for this amazing quiz. Lovely 27th of February, 1998. Eric Furman decides that two of his employees, one of them should be the face and one of them should be the voice of Furman's. And who does he pick? Well, the face of Furman's was Alma. Are you going to score yourself? Uh, yes. Yeah, and who was the one. Who, No, hang on, I haven't told you. The voice of Furman's. It's Moo Furman's <laughs> Frizzles. I don't... I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Curly. You got both right. Yes, get in. What does Spider... Oh, here's the cat. What does Spider no. accuse Curly of supporting because he sells Norwegian prawns? Um, 
probably like unethical whaling practices or something. What kind of what kind of thing would be unethical to do with a whale? Killing it. Hunting it. Hunting yeah. it. Yeah, that's well, what I, I, I meant to say. I've just realised I've been obs- I've been obsessively looking up seafood restaurants because I really 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 want. Some nice seafood. That's why she wants to sell and it's me basically, off so she can get a better husband that likes fish. Yeah, I would love that. It's basically because of this question. Norwegian prawns have been on my mind all day. I'd pour antifreeze. The thing is, I know that whales, and I know that it's bad for whales, but surely whales like prawns too. <laughs> right, next question. We, I'm on the we, roll. I'm sure we've evolved away from hurting whales to get prawns, haven't we? <laughs> let me know. Don't let me know. 28th of February 1973, Albert Tatlock is gassed <laughs> by a new cooker. <laughs> But who installed it? Oh, I don't even know. Uh, I mean, is it is it an obvious answer? Is it something like no, Len Fairclough? No, Jerry Booth. Yeah, it was Jerry Booth. I should have said Jerry Booth. Good old Jerry. Do you think if your name what do what's Jerry short for? Gerald. Gerald. Yeah. Do you think if your name was Jerry, you wouldn't you'd kind of hold off on that? Following the war, in well, maybe, yeah, maybe you know, back in back in the olden days of twenty eighth of February two thousand and three. Who does Peter, Peter. propose to in two thousand and three? <laughs> Who knows? Good question. Thanks. Uh, Thanks I'm gonna say surely. <laughs> I got a fifty fifty chance, really, haven't I? Lucy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not Shelley. 29th of February, 1988. What shocking news does Bet share with Alec? 1988. I know Coropedia posted on about this. I didn't see on this. Twitter. I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say... Again, I've got a 50-50 chance on this one. Do you? I'm going to say she's pregnant. She is. Yes. I thought I didn't, couldn't know whether it was a miscarriage. Bebe. Yes. At the age of 47, I think. Mm. Not too late. How fertile. <laughs> it goes to show you there's hope for everybody. It does, it does. Right, go 29th on 29th of February, one. 2008. What causes Sean to exclaim, My son! Well, obviously, Violet and Jamie drive off down the road with Wilson in the back of the car. Wilson? What, the, the football? Oh, sorry. No, Wilson! No, Dylan. Dylan Wilson. And is this a football or a child? A child. Correct. Still in it. 1st of March, 2018. Which soap does Corey overtake to become the longest running television drama ever made? My favourite. I used to watch this every day. So it was another soap that they're overtaking. It was a it was a long it was a long running television drama. It was not it British. Was, it was brilliant. I doubt it was British. I'm, oh, I've got a choice of two. I'm going to say... Why do you keep saying I've got a choice of two every time? Every every time we don't know the answer. Because when I say that, I've been getting it right so far. I'm going to say... Yes. Days of our lives. Uh, as the world turns. Uh, I'm afraid it? that's incorrect. What is the answer? And the answer is... Guiding light. Guiding light. Oh, so... I know I tell. Well. There's quite a lot of really long... I know. ...ones, isn't know, there? there Blimey. Okay. Anything else? Uh, no, I've got another one. Okay. So yes, then. Second of March, nineteen eighty-eight. Why does Graham Farrell beat up Mike Baldwin? Nineteen eighty-eight. Yes. I don't know who Graham Farrell is. I don't either. Uh. Why mm. would you beat up Mike? There's so many reasons. Um, 
Dada, uh, Michael. Oh, uh, dear. I'm having it off with his missus. <laughs> How did you know? Was That's it? That's correct. Yay! Uh, it says he, Mike was having an affair with his wife, Linda. Nice. And it's not, not that, that Linda. No, isn't that Linda? That it's a different Linda. Linda. Oh, that's good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven out of nine. You I got like that. what? What? What was your second choice? For what? When you said I've as the world to... turns. Yeah. And what was the other one? Days of our lives. No. Are they no? It's... it's not even either of those. No. Are they not in the list? They I don't probably know where I, are. I don't know where I got those from. Okay. Well, that was quite fun. That was an entertaining. There's quiz another one for me, called General least. Hospital. General Hospital. Yeah, I know of that. I watched any of it. Right. Um. Well, we, we, we have thoughts and, and things to say about this week's Coronation Street, so I, I think... I don't know, can I just quickly... Oh. No, we haven't got done the birthdays. Oh. oh, no, we haven't. But I want to say, I don't know what Guiding Light is, and I'm not sure. But Sorry. I remember when I was in America once, when I was in uh, on, a, on a cruise ship, I remember watching a, a TV show. Show off. And it was an angel who appeared in a on a baseball field. <laughs> Huh? To help a team win, and it would seem like super important to everybody that that God would help them win. This well, there you go. If anyone knows match. what that is, that Joe is that talking guiding about. light? Is that the sort of thing that guide? I think guiding lights are religious, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Ask, let me know if what, anyone knows what that program is. Then um, and was there a baseball Gemma. team uh, episode where an angel came and and did cut some kind of magical? Pitch. Do you remember when we were living? When, not when we were living. When we went to France one time, and there was a little, um, there was a program that we watched about like yes! a fairy godmother yes, or something. It was. But it wasn't French. It was, a it, was it Dutch or something? And she went around, and she was like a magical mascot for yeah. people. And I uh, couldn't understand anything that was happening. And I think you understood about half I don't of it. Know. If anyone knows what that is, that's a seriously deep cut. Is that yeah? Do you guys know? About you know show? the thing that's in France but isn't French, and it's a. It's dubbed. Do you know it? You know right. It. We... Birthdays, oh, 4th yeah. of March, Charlie Renshaw, who played Liam Connor the 4th. He did. 5th of March, Hélène Palmer, who played Ida Claw. <laughs> did you say Hélène? Because has got an E on the end. Okay. Hélène. Yeah. 7th of March, George Cooper, who played Willie Pigeot. Willie Pidgeot. Piggett. Piggett. 8th of March, Margot Briand, who played Minnie Caldwell. Yeah, Margot is a good friend. Uh, 9th so. of March, Joseph Gilgon. He played Jamie Armstrong. And 10th of oh, March, Chris Cook. He played Chris Mark, Cook. Mark Redman the fourth. And that is the the anniversary en français. <laughs> okay, then. Joyous <laughs> anniversary. Right, we better move on before. Time to talk about this week drastic. with Coronation Street and dramatic. So um, here is Street Talk. Right, so street talk this week then. Gemma, I assume you would like to uh, take the lead on the first story tonight, which is going to be the... Well, last week it was LSDC. This week I'm just calling it LSDeve for Stephen. <laughs> well, Steve McDonald. But, uh, so you, you're going to have to say that one in a little bit? Yeah. Okay. I just talked about it. The, the, the listeners don't know that. It's smooth, it's smooth, no transition. I'm then going to talk about the consent storyline. We had a few a few potential storyline titles for this. This was very kind of... sensitive, so we got our best man for the job, Michael, to talk about about that story. Yeah, I'm going to do it real justice, I really, really am. I, we, we, I asked you for some uh, for, for opinions on which storyline title we should go for with this, and you, and you picked explicit consent warning. Yeah. I, I quite liked... Um... <laughs> You've got loads of them, just read them all out. I've deleted them all. My favourite was... (laughs) Barlow, the gauge of consent. 
Because <laughs> you can't really no. think about that one. What else did I... Oh, Errant Ar- Ar- Aaron as well was quite a good one, I thought. Ar- something about Sanford. Well, that's his just surname. Ar- I know. Aaron Sanford. Oh. I don't know. We'll go with explicit consent warning for that one because that's almost, almost respectful. Um, then we've got the pull my finger storyline, Gemma. Fascinating this week. Uh, followed by the look who's stalking. Um, then A lot of this week was just like little bits wasn't it the um yeah it was the bitty. The, the Stephen storyline was was where everything was kind of driving through the Paul storyline was not that interesting to be fair and that kept on going through the week then we had stuff like the Faye storyline I can't, I can't think of a good storyline title the best I got up to for this one Are you looking at that one a little bit confused Miley Faye's Smiley face, like smiley face, it was rubbish, I'm not happy with um, this one. No, you're going to get a bleh for that one. Kill Bill is next, because I think old oh, Bill yeah. Webster could be on the way out. Slightly bit of a story happening there. We had the Darian's brother storyline, we had we had a bit of the slapper storyline still. What's the slapper storyline? slapping hope. A uh, couple of scenes in tonight's episode, presumably leaning into something next week. I was confused week, but about which meaning of the word. She, she is both, I'm going to say. No, she isn't. Well, you can't call a lady that anyway. No, I can't. I can't. No matter how short her. What? Oh, give me the pillow for goodness sake. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Okay. Took my elbow Take your pillow. pillow away. Go get your elbow pillow. So, with your nicely rested elbow, Gemma, um, I'm going to pass it over to you. To I was to trying exp- to do a little subtle, like point, point. Like you can't. No, you can't. Just had to draw attention to it again. It's sorry, sorry. Right, LS Steve story, Gemma. What's old Stephen Reed been up to this week? <laughs> Is that your evil Stephen Reed laugh? No, that's Is just that my normal be... laugh. When I watched Niz, I was cackling all the way through Thursday's episode. I was having the time of my life. Unlike Stephen, he would have had a much better time if he just stayed in bed. That's that's every day though, isn't it? Um, Monday, Peter and Carla are talking about. Sorry, my very first note of the week is rubbish. Peter and Carla chat about what they're going to do today. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, it only gets better from there. Elaine's excited because she wants to buy this flat at Red Bank, and she wants them both to move in together. Does she say is this already established? Or do we? No, no, I don't think so. She she wants to buy this flat because she's bought, she sold her house, and now she's living with. Um, with Gail and, Bill and Ben. Oh, no, sorry, she's with Sally and uh, Tim, and isn't she? She wants to move out because they're cramping her style. Yeah, indeed. And so she's like, "Oh, come with me." Tim, Tim's supposed to come, but he's a loser. You come instead. And he's, like, he's not in the program this week, so yeah. it's going to have to be you, Stephen. I'm too busy at work, says Stephen. But in the so in the factory, he does this business work job, and he tells Sarah he's gonna. Um, he likes it being just them two. And I it, it didn't really occur to me for some reason until today that they obviously worked together when they were in Milan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they well, worked obviously together I for knew, years. I knew, that, I knew that she worked for the business, but I kind of didn't really think about what that actually meant. Yeah. Now, I'm surprised that somebody like Stephen, who I assume is a businessman of some skill, mm. worked with Sarah... For years on end, and still think she's got any kind <laughs> Worth of banking on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, why isn't he going up to um, Gail and say, "What happened? What happened?" To <laughs> I thought you were going to say, "You're going up to Gail and say, look, Do you want to come into business with me?'" You might as well. I don't take any idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, "Would you like to make this uh, situation a little more permanent?" Um, and he goes to look at the uh, to go to the workers in the break. 
break area. And he's like, I've got a pretty radical idea. There's a clause in the shareholders' contracts that if you you've got to stay in the business and you got fifty percent and Carlos got fifty percent, so that was what let's he was having a look through at the end of last week, wasn't yeah. it? He found all the contracts about who owns what. I'd have thought you might be might have known that before, but never. It mind. seems a bit of a silly idea to have a fifty fifty split on who owns what. Well, I'm sure we said that at the time. So Carlos Carlos got fifty percent, and all all of the. I think most of the factory workers, except for the new people, like Faye and Michael and... I think there's probably quite a lot that don't actually have a share in a factory. Yeah, I don't think Beth does. Who does? No, everybody else does, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but there isn't very many other people left, is there? Is there? None of the people... All the people that can talk have got one, and the people that can't talk aren't allowed. Even though technically they could have a say, because they can just do a cross. You're saying that Dirk is not a silent partner in the factory? (laughs) I don't think he is. So... Um, he's like, Carla's having trouble with her mental illness problems and uh, we want to help her get through it, so let's get rid of her. So basically his plan is that she's having a tough time and in order to alleviate her burden, they're going to kick her out of the business, uh, but he's kind of like couching it as protecting her from herself. Mm. And it doesn't really work, does it? Um, no. Michael and, they're, they're Michael and Faye are like, that doesn't Mrs. sound Barlow. right. And so Faye texts her surreptitiously mm. Um, and, and Stephen keeps going, it's only temporary, it's just till she's better, we need to help her. So they have this ballot, and he's got... Vote of no confidence. He's got beautifully printed out little ballot. I mean, I think they're a bit big. And that's on, on good cardstock, card those ballot stock, papers, A5, colour printed. What a waste of resources. What, what a, no what wonder she was... Plan. No wonder Carla was, uh, like, getting territorial over the printer when she could see that they were lurking around after dark. <laughs> she's like, you better not be printing stuff out on my fancy ivory cardstock. <laughs> So, he says it needs to be unanimous. So they they misunderstand him and they unanimously unanimously vote to keep her. Yes. So he's he's a bit annoyed. Everyone looks smug, especially Izzy. Izzy looks dead dead pleased with herself, <laughs> doesn't she? So they all vote to keep Carla. It's the first on. useful thing she's done in that factory for about three years, isn't it? Well, useful for whom? Mm. Um, he's like, oh, you're so loyal. I hope you've made the right decision. And he gets really peed off with us. You were a bit confused Sarah. about this the first time we well, watched, I didn't, didn't you? you I thought didn't that they see... voted. I didn't see the bits of paper. No, I, don't, no, I, I didn't either, but I, I didn't know. Well, he, he kind of looked, he went, you've, I hope you've made the right decision. And he looked all sad. But I thought that that's the face he would have made if he'd won. He's not going to go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid idiot. Balls, now Underworld is mine, <laughs> all mine. <laughs> right, so they, uh, he's he's mad because Sarah didn't really, Sarah just stood there gaping like Well, even fish. she got a vote and even she voted for Carla, didn't she? Did she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, what a, Everybody did. Well, it didn't work. So then we get Mr. Havisham. He comes to Underworld and he's followed by Carla and they're ready for work. And uh, Carla sends Stephen to clean down the work surfaces. Then she finds out about this. Well, she knows about yeah, this. Yeah, so because of Faye texted, Faye texted her, yeah. her. And he's like, I'm not going to trust you. Um, you've, you backstab her. I'm going to kick you out. And uh, you're fired. Which is correct. That's what she should have done ages ago. Well, Stephen's... yeah, this was the part of the episode where we were like, yeah, go Carla. But it didn't last for very well, long. Well, no, I know. Stephen's like... Oh, you're overreacting. I was just trying to help. <laughs> She's like, out, get out. She escorts him out 
And then she says, thanks, Faye. Loyalty means more to me than anything else, which I think is pretty rich coming from somebody who regularly sacks every single person on her stuff. <laughs> and also, if I was Faye, I would not be very happy about being outed as a massive grass. I know. And um, bum liquor to Carla Bala. But hey, Faye seemed quite happy with herself, didn't she? She's obviously... Bit of a teacher's I think pet. Sally's rubbing off on her. <laughs> so yes, this is Bala. So at the cafe... Stephen is telling Elaine about what's happened and she's going on about this Red Bank apartment and she's going, oh, it's a bit out of my price range, but maybe we could buy it together as friends. And he's like, that, he doesn't immediately run a mile screaming, which to Elaine means, I would love to move in with you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really get, get what he was going for here. Is he just, does he just that desperate to get out of Grasmere Drive? He's just like floundering for any, any, any plot anywhere. Even though he's got a perfectly good plot, being haunted. I think he quite likes the idea of it being like a, his villain's lair, you know? I Although would... usually that's in the basement, but this is a penthouse suite. True. Would you like Would you like to live with Elaine? No, gosh, no. Can you imagine? I couldn't think of anything worse. Can you imagine her? She'd be like, oh, Stephen, I've, I went out to, um, I went out to, what's somewhere in <laughs> Manchester? What's that place near the... The oh, Arndale. I went to the Arndale and I've got us matching flannels. <laughs> I couldn't cope Although with she didn't want anti antimacassars, did she? So she's not that old fashioned. Like as the week went on, we saw the target on Elaine's back growing bigger and bigger, and I was thinking, is this red bank apartment going to red be the bank. red bank apartment going to be the place where she ends up um, dying, meeting her fate? She will be. I mean, you can just imagine her being really passive aggressive about how you how you fold towels or complaining about having the lights on for. I don't, past nine o'clock. No, I don't see I her as being a nagger. I just feel no, I don't her think being she, no, I don't super think she enthusiastic would, about yeah. everything. Yeah, Irritatingly enthusiastic. No, I don't mean she'd be... I don't think she'd be mean about it. I think she'd just be like, we both want to have the towels folded this way, don't we? So let's do it like that. <laughs> and uh, I, I know that you wanted to watch Emmerdale, so I've, I'm, I've paused it for you. And uh, let's talk about... You know, I just can imagine her just <laughs> steamrolling over everything that you want to do. Yeah. And she's like... You you put on the on the shopping list. You wanted chocolate digestives, but they give me a jippy tummy. So we're gonna have rich tea forever See, and ever and ever. We, we saw some great scenes later in the week of Stephen just looking all like zoned out. You know, st- standing there yeah. at the podium at those chariot square. We think it's because the LSD, but I think the reality of what he's just agreed to has dawns on him. He's like, oh, oh life in with will Elaine. I mean, what do I let myself so in she's, for? So they agree to go with it, and she's like, who cares what everyone thinks? We're just buying us friends. And she keeps going on about just being friends, but you can tell. You can tell she's after what's in his pants. Yeah. In Phil and Dally, he, uh, Stephen makes a shady phone call to somebody saying, I need to see you, I've got a bit of a problem. Turns out it's Rufus. It's Rufus. But before that, Peter comes to the factory and he's mad about Carla being back at work. And he's got this gold watch that he's found that was Rufus's that he's trying going to try and sell because it's worth about 15 grand. And he tells her that he's got this money and we should they should go on holiday together and uh she doesn't need to go back to work cause has he actually sold no, that watch now i don't i haven't seen we haven't seen him sell it and anyway she well she says no i i, I need to protect my territory i can't leave the business because steven keeps trying to get rid of me which i think is um a very fair assessment oh yeah Carla later finds Stephen in the pub and she's really annoyed because she's been speaking to Rufus and Rufus has told her that he won't work with anybody except Stephen 
and she suspects Stephen of concocting this plan with Rufus. He denies it. She says, I can't afford to lose this contract. You can have your job back. And he says, I don't want my old job back. I want to be the manager. And she says, done. Carla. This was nuts. Disappointed in you, lady. This was the what stupidest the thing. Rufus, can somebody remind Carla that they make pants at Underworld? They, like, two weeks ago, they didn't have a contract to make t-shirts and they were fine. Now, all of a sudden, Rufus is the only person who can solve all of her problems and she has to, literally have to, has to have this contract to make these stupid t-shirts for him. This wasn't even her business. She just stole it off of, off of Michael and Sarah because they used her printer paper to write stuff on when they were having a break. No wonder she's having mental health problems if, if she's, like, living on a knife edge like this. She is literally always one deal fault. away from... Bankruptcy. Yeah, no. She needs. She needs to get like. She needs to get different. She needs some long term plans here. She <laughs> needs to play the long game a little bit and not just rely on, you know, happy circumstance favoring her. There's it's... no way that this business, if this business re- was relying on Rufus's t-shirt company biz stuff, then they're in worse shape than I thought they were because, like I said, literally two weeks ago, this this didn't even exist in, on well, the, our radar. The, the whole concept of it is a bit silly anyway because. They're not that, you know. There's it's not a unique concept. Not that great an idea, how is they, it? How have they copyrighted the concept of "I'm with stupid and stupid" t-shirts, but for children? And also, never mind the whole fact that you get a kid a t-shirt and yourself a t-shirt. That child is not going to be able to wear that for very long, is it? You yeah, that's Leave true. it a few months, they grow out of it, and it's like, oh, that's a bit of a way. Bit of a waste of time. Now, what I'm gonna, what am I gonna do with my new "I'm with my baby" t-shirts? It's just. Uh, I can't remember what the designs were, but what no, I can't wasn't remember. one of them Michael was wearing a shirt that says, you're my sunshine, and Gloria was wearing one that said sunshine? I don't remember. It's like, oh, really? But... And also, I mean, I don't want to carry on ripping into it, but I'm fairly sure the font was Comic Sans, or at least very close to it. It was like the bare minimum. Not, this is well, the, the frustrating bit... thing about it. They they can't come up with new amazing business ideas. And Otherwise, they wouldn't be script writers and, they, and they designers. They have their own but, t-shirt company. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but the, but when we saw the the fair at the hotel on Wednesday or Thursday's episode, sorry, there did seem Skipping to be an head. awful lot of um, better designs and this was literally than, it was like what Underworld was, it was given. Like, did you ever do? Was it called Youth Enterprise? What was that? Uh, yeah, young, young Enterprise. Young Enterprise. It was like. Everybody else at a textile um, convention, and then the youth enterprise stand. Yeah. There with um, I'm with yeah, oh. I'm with stupid. Did, I, did you did you do young enterprise? I, d- I did it when I, I was I in. I thought about school. doing it, but it seemed like a load of old rubbish. I, we we went along, and we we I don't think we ended up making anything. I remember just going to these meetings. This is a scheme for like yeah. how old are you? Oh 16, yeah, we need to explain 17. what it is. It's like a, it's like business and, and, for children. Yeah, and you, and you go along to these meetings, and we and not not based in the school. And you end up designing and developing and selling a project and things like, you know, a CD clock or something like that. Yeah, it was all that kind of rubbish. And and, and my my business was called Ego. And and I I designed the logo for it, I remember. But we we literally didn't make anything you're like the first one to get fired or not the apprentice <laughs> we, we absolutely were but what you're right you, what were you selling nothing literally nothing so we, you came we were... up with a business oh yeah I, okay. do, I don't think we came up with anything i just remember i think i remember going to one of the meetings and everybody else was so jolly hockey sticks and ponytails and glossy shiny teeth and 
rah 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 and I thought I can't be doing this no I just I just think we, we, we undenied an idea you know I'm rubbish in, in group meetings and everything and that's so how I wasn't going to say anything you just sat in the corner and, and made and, a logo and while the other, yeah while the other groups made their CD clocks and, clocks and their corsages for the sixth form prom and stuff we just ended up with nothing that's the worst I think it probably would have been and a that's why idea. I didn't go into business I went into education <laughs> what did I do nothing Right, so Stephen, the, the the company is called Nipper Snapper. Yes. Which I quite like that. Annoyed me. Why? What does it mean? Well, I suppose nipper, like nipper child, snap. snapper, yeah. or snappy, nipper snapper. It's fine. It's fine. It's a kind of like classic we said, curry. If it was too good, it would already name. been taken, wouldn't it? Exactly. So, um, <laughs> oh, it's fine, isn't it? He's practicing his his speech, and he sees Carla. I think he sees Elaine actually and goes on about oh, sorry. Yes, he does. her flat. She's going on about her flat and he and she's like, oh, you got promoted. And she, she was going to him later on. Now you've got your promotion. You don't have to do as much work as you used to. It's like, Elaine, I don't know where you've learned what business is, but it probably, it, it sounds like you've been watching black and white promotional videos about ovens from 1950s America about how to prepare a, a fantastic three-course meal so your husband can get a promotion. And then you've forgotten that after that, the job that you get promoted to actually involves work as well. Don't tell Aaron that, otherwise, you know, he's Oh my his... God, I've never seen... Aaron, I've never seen anybody celebrate so much for a made-up job promotion. He got promoted <laughs> from something that didn't mechanic. really exist to something else that didn't really exist. And he's still the most junior one there, so what difference does it make? everybody else he's who works in the tea. garage is a boss, aren't they? you got everybody Kevin, you got Tyrone. You got the wife of the boss, and then poor old Aaron. It's like, it's like I'm not the junior anymore. I'm a normal mechanic. <laughs> You're not though, are you? You're yeah. not though, are you? Anyway, so um, Stephen's in the precinct, and we didn't. Well, when we went mm. to the precinct, I saw somebody doing drugs too, and I bought loads. No, you did not. I did. I got some for everybody. So if you want some, just write in, get, um, email us, and I'll send you a bag. All lies. Yeah, he, he sees a shady drug deal. I'd forgotten on. about this until today yeah. when they came back again. And he's like, "Oh dear, I would hate to. I would hate to." I be need doing some shady, shady drugs because my LSD isn't going to last forever. Back at the factory, Carla is um, talking about this event again. He's saying the most it's so important. important we, you know, we've got to get these North American contacts. Oh yeah, this is Thursday, actually, not Wednesday. Yeah, and um, uh, we've got whoever whoever gets this big American client. A big American client will get a big commission, and then in the cafe, Sarah and Stephen are talking about, oh, we have to compete against each other. I don't like it. And Stephen says, yeah, I don't like, I don't like it either. So the solution is put more LSD in Carla's tea. I like how he's he's gone away from just like little pipettes in it, and today he was just like, get it all, all in there. It's like, but you know, bottoms up, chuck it in. Let's get on with this. Yeah, it's like George's Marvellous Medicine, wasn't yeah. it? I'm surprised that Stephen didn't like shoot up into the rafters like well, Granny did. There, yeah. <laughs> so he he's making tea for everybody and he puts it in Carla's tea and he gives it to Carla. Then she takes a sip of it and goes, Ugh, this is rank. It's got full fat milk. It's too cowy for me. <laughs> Which, you know, takes one to know one. And Stephen realises that all along he's been drinking her tea. I thought that with was with the drugs in it. Stephen's Stephen's um, reaction when he kind of looks into the bottom of his empty mug and he's like, Just "Oh panic. no, oh no!" I'm so, That's I'm... what happens when you make three cups of tea yeah. in white mugs. I still don't. Yeah. Well, I still don't really get how it actually happened. If I if I'd put drugs in somebody's tea, 
I would leave the spoon in to give so, something along those lines just to make sure. But the other thing was like. We weren't sure whether, for sure whether it had been him that had taken it or whether it was Sarah. Yeah, because, hang on. First Sorry of all, it was funny when they were all sitting at their desks and Carla was like, she kept picking the drink up and she wasn't drinking it. And then Stephen was like, oh, here, why don't you have some biscuits? But they're so dry. You probably should have some, <laughs> you should probably have some tea with it. And, and she's like, oh no, I'm not having any biscuits, thanks. And then, and then he realizes he's drunk this whole tea this whole time, and um, yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't know yet, like you say, whether it's him or Sarah because they get to the hotel and they're both feeling woozy. Luckily, <laughs> Sarah just wants a sandwich to well, cure. Well, Sarah's it. got low blood sugar, and he's probably just on the on the edge of panic. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult to tell which he's one of the ones. On the edge of panic since I know. like September. Can you at imagine least? what his blood pressure looks like? <laughs> So Rufus turns up and he's mad about the fact that they're expanding into into America because he's like, you should have asked me. I should have got I want first the dibs. Yeah. Well, they should have sold, like that would have been my first thing. Right? Okay. Well, I'll search you then. Let's go home. Mm. No, Stephen didn't think of that. No, sorry, I just had a mouthful of tea. There. Elaine comes in. What have you put in this? Starts talking. Stephen's <laughs> Stephen's just there. Like, what was that? Was it airplane where the guy the, he was piloting the plane and he had a tap on his head and I it was just pouring remember. water? I don't think you really I, watched that. I have you? watched airplane just I not know, for a very 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 as long funny time. As I do. I, I no no it's all right it's all right. It's funny. Stephen's just there Stephen's kind of like, sweating cobs and yeah, like he just looking looks zoned out, waxy, and... panicking. And Todd Boyce, say what you want about how silly you think any of this is. I, I'm not here to argue with you about that. I think he's fantastic at acting. That bit where he goes up to the podium and he's just like, I, I, I challenge you to find somebody else who could have done it as well as he did. I thought it, he was great. It all depends on what he's you're going so for, panicky. wasn't it? It's clearly going, it's supposed to be funny. And whether you like or not that it's supposed to be Campbell funny, it is. And I think that with, you know, if that's the direction that he's been asked to do, I think he's, he's I doing, think a, he's he's doing a, his fine job. So, um... He just kind of stumbles up there, doesn't he? Sarah gets a sandwich, and now she's fine. So she goes up to the podium, and she introduces Stephen to the crowd. She, again, I blame Sarah for this, because she's standing at the podium, and her uncle's there, stumbling, dripping with sweat, looking like he's just been told World War is about to start and he's the only one that can stop it, but he has to <laughs> complete a Rubik's Cube in, te- in 10 seconds. And he kind of sh- staggers his way up to the podium and she's like, yep, not my business now. It's his problem. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you have been like, oh, you look terrible. I'm sorry, everybody. We're going to have to postpone or anything, but... And here's Stephen. <laughs> so he comes yeah. up to this podium and her face is melting. You can see, we keep getting camera effects of what he can see. And first of all, her, her, he, we see her face melt and her eyes just falling off her head. It looked like... New um, profile pic for Tina O'Brien there. <laughs> <laughs> there's coloured lights. Oh yeah, there's sparkles all the way around her. Yeah, and th- it, this is the first bit of when, when you kind of realise... Okay, they're going to do this in tonight's episode. They're going to do episode. it, yes. Yes, they're going well, there. No, I, I didn't think that was a great effect, honestly. It looked care. a little bit of like a, a 90s early Photoshop press the smudge tool. Can I just ask you how but, much LSD you've taken? N- n- you, because I, because I've taken loads. None. 
when You've we went to the precinct, none. I bought it off those two shady guys. This is not true. Um, no, I just think that that wasn't a great effect. I thought, oh, they're going to go cheap think... like that. But I think everything else that they did after that... They wouldn't that, lie I on also... Coronation Street. That's how it, what it looks like. Do you think they had to um, do a yeah, bit they were of research like, themselves? Right, everybody. <laughs> Take a cup of tea. Or they went, right, everyone, look at your, look at your cups. Empty, right? The fun's about to start. <laughs> Write down what you Write remember. Write down what you see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, uh, Stephen goes up to the, the podium. I don't know why it's a it's a proper wooden podium. It's like they took it off of 10 Downing it's Street. It's a classy you know place, Chariot Square. Do you know how for some reason now we've started giving all the Prime Ministers their own special podium? They must have bought it cheap off Liz Truss. <laughs> so he's standing there with this with this podium and he's wiping his hand back and forth. Oh yeah, they do was, that, don't they? I was they, waiting with a for it to sort of technique. start melting into the wood, but it doesn't go in there. Um, and he's 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 like trying to talk and he doesn't really know what he's saying. And when he looks up, Leo's there and Teddy's there, and then the whole audience turns into Leo and Teddy, and they're all wearing the costumes that the extras had been wearing previously. So there's one of them with like a little a Leo with a little prim um, blouse with a with a bow around his neck. I thought this was so great. I, I was I enjoyed cheering. That I was like, best. great. This well, you you'd said on the podcast before, hadn't you? And and I couldn't believe. I couldn't remember this when you told me at the time, but we have had another very reliable listener text us today to say, Gemma, you were right with that prediction. I, so, this was well my done. wildest dreams. This was like, I can't believe that they've done this. This is uh, this was like Christmas. This was a Christmas gift for me. I'm so thrilled. I'm so, <laughs> so thrilled. I can't tell can't tell you but it reminded me very much of like Yasmin's Jeff dreams because they they had dreams and and I hope that Corey don't although I although I enjoyed it I hope yeah. that they've got it more can't be tricks overused, yeah exactly every single time something like this happens you're going to be like oh where's where's the, the multiple baddies going to turn up or or whatever yeah they, they had um, Yasmin when she was in prison imagining being served um, served by the prison guards is that what you do no 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 I'm saying that she was there she was. She, she had that dream didn't she of, of Jeff coming and being a prison guard and, and giving her her food and, and, and all sorts so it was, I don't it think was prison very... guards would like it to be called serving the prisoners food well whatever giving or so, um, dishing it out doling it out yes yeah, yeah. yeah. so it was, it was it was similar to that but I, I it came out of nowhere I, I didn't see I didn't know that this was going to happen I loved it um yeah, and he, and he kind of dashes off, doesn't he? Leaving Sarah to face the crowds. Every every time we came back to a Stephen scene, I remember thinking, "Oh, I hope he's not better yet." Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I hope he's I hope we get to see something else this I time. But they they managed to keep it ball. going all the way through the episode. Oh, and he he sort of looks up, sees all the Teddies and Leos, and like goes oh, and and runs off. And Sarah's there going, "Oh my god." But what has she been doing this whole other time? Why was she surprised he ran off? He's standing there wiping his hand on the on the podium going... <laughs> anyway, later on, Michael tells Sally that something weird happened to Stephen at the business meeting and uh, Sarah had to step in and save the day. Yeah. Good, good for her. Thank you for not having... To sh- thank you for not showing us that for some reason. But anyway. why, would, why do you want to see Sarah make a speech about... We've invented T-shirts oh, okay, again. Uh, later on, oh no, there's there's what's <laughs> called this. Stephen's running. Um, he finds he finds him running through the hotel and things are melting. I think, and then he. Well, just... things are all um, like psychedelic colours, aren't they? I think I think in that bit we get to see little rainbow, <laughs> rainbow hotel um, uh, corridors. 
he barges into a hotel room which is being cleaned and I don't think this is his hotel room. This is just a random hotel room that the cleaner's working on. I think Why so. would There's... he have a room well, yeah, at the exactly, hotel? Exactly. No reason. So, so she's like, she's the cleaner. She's like, you can't, you can't just come in here. And he's like, get out, get out. <laughs> and then Leo and Teddy turn up, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And oh, there was also a bit where he looks up at the um at the p- picture on the wall, and it's like a sketch drawing of like some Francis kind of Drake or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and it turns into this really cool sketch of Leo's face, which yeah. was fantastic. And then um, Leo and Teddy are there, and he and. And Stephen gets transported to the to the site of the murders, and he's watching them happen in front of his eyes again. And uh, he sees t- um, Leo falling off the the balcony the into, into the, the bin. into the bin, and then he and then he's standing there, and he looks down at his hands, and he's got the hole punch. And then he sees Teddy on the uh, on the floor. He's talking to him. Oh yeah, I rewatched that thing because we couldn't figure out what he was saying. But he says like, "You are a liar. You are a liar." Um, and he's going, "I'm sorry. Leave me alone." And um, Debbie he's locked the door and the cleaner's got Debbie and Debbie's like, open the door. <laughs> You've got to let us in. And Stephen's curling up on the floor going, oh no. Was this the bit when she was doing the master's knock from Doctor Who? Yeah. If you, if you remember back in series three, it was a, a Doctor Who and the whole thing with the master is he would knock going, da 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 yeah like the theme tune and debbie was doing that and then she's like give me the master key and i was like oh i know it debbie's the master get her a job on doctor who stat that's the only word except her leaving the show i mean she's got plenty of time for it the amount of stuff they give her to do on coronation street at the moment so um leo and teddy are watching um are watching stephen on the floor as ghosts and Drecker, right, here's my theory. Ghosts are real in the world of Coronation Street. We know that's a fact. Well... We know it's a fact. So my theory is that LSD actually just opens your eyes to what's actually there. And Teddy and Leo have been walking around <laughs> following Stephen everywhere. And then they're like, he can see us, he can see us. Let's screw him up. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's poke him, let's poke him. Oh, come on then, son. Let's have a let's have a grand day out. Yeah, why not? So, um, hmm, where are we? Um, so Elaine turns up. I don't know why Elaine's always there all the time. And and she's because she's obsessed with she's Stephen. Just, she's a stalker. She's a, she's a, she's a stalker. stalker. I think she's a. I think she's Justin's mum. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised. Elaine knocks on the door and she calls Stephen and she says, "Are you all right?" The keys get brought in and Elaine lets herself in and she's decided that she's the one that's going to save the day here. And Stephen uh, seems like I need help, but I know you're not there. And uh, Elaine starts stroking his face and going, "Oh, I'll always be there for you." She's, she's just creepy, isn't she? He's clearly like having a bit of an episode here, and she, she even who was it? It's Debbie at the door, isn't like, it? And he, Elaine's like, "He's fine. We don't need." It. Or he Call goes, an "Ambulance need, woman." Literally, Stephen goes, "I need help," and Elaine's like, "He's fine. Close the door." <laughs> I'll, I'll look. What after are you doing you. to him? Let's put a wet paper Is towel on it, Stephen. You'll be okay. Or something. Yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> so she's she's stroking his face, and then he calms down a bit. And Elaine's still there, right up, right up in front of him, going, "Oh, the factory pressure's too much for you." And he's like, everything's going wibbly wobbly, and he's trying to listen to what she's saying. And um, oh yeah, oh, where that yawn you come made me yawn by yawning. Sorry. Um, yeah, she's upset. She's just got this 
real big urge to to mother somebody and Tim won't let her mother and, and Tim and Sally won't let Elaine mother yeah Tim. I guess so so she's got to redirect it onto Stephen so she's like Stephen you're working too hard <laughs> how would you look at this man who's who's sweating in a pile on the floor going they're watching me you're not really here and going it must be stress mm. because Debbie even says to her is he on drugs or is he is he like drunk or something and, and Elaine's like no 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 nothing like that yeah but yeah like you said she just uses this as an opportunity to take advantage of them doesn't she she? does so what well no yeah this is when she starts talking about them bimbling into old age together as she puts it let's let's go and retire to a cottage somewhere she says maybe we shouldn't buy red bank maybe we should buy a cottage and live there together maybe we should um Maybe we should just have, you know, roses and a dog or whatever she's wearing on about. And seems like, I don't deserve it. I've done really bad things. I'm not a good person. And and she says, no, you're, you're, uh, I want someone like you for keeps. And Stephen says, yes, for keeps. Yes, that would be perfect. And then it's like, I will marry you. <laughs> she's she like, tricked him. Woman, she tricked him. She? she tricked him. So, um. She's got no idea what he's consenting to at the moment. She kisses him on the cheek and says, I love you too. This is basically two episodes in a row that have ended in a fairly similar way. At least we didn't have Elaine's granny pants flung onto the floor (laughs) as as the final shot tonight. Or just over the camera, maybe. (laughs) I think think the difference here is that you can unconsent to marriage. That, That is true. After the fact. Yes. On Friday... Elaine's like, oh, let's tell all our families that we're getting married. And seems like, what? What? No, no, no. Uh, not yet. Uh, I want to I just enjoy no, just us knowing. And um, and she's like, oh, yeah, I've never had a secret before. Something like that. Oh, God. Um, then he says, uh, I don't want to retire, actually. The factory needs me more than ever. So he arrives at work and Colour confronts him about the presentation because a client's just phoned her up and told her what happened. And Stephen says, oh, it was food poisoning. And Carla says, oh, okay, but you shouldn't have got on the stage in the first place if you were really sick. Later on, Stephen's to the pub and he tells Jenny that he's fed up of being of Carla walking all over him. And Jenny's like, yeah, you need to stand up for yourself. Uh, Stephen, I know, would never give up like this. So Stephen's like, yeah, that is right. I wouldn't give up. So he goes back to the precinct. He finds the dodgy teens. <laughs> and he's like, hi, kids. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> that, what drugs are we doing these days? Can I have some LSD? And they're like, LSD? Sort off, grandpa. Yeah. We don't do LSD anymore. And he's like, how about £100? They're like, ha, yeah, brilliant. And then one of them's <laughs> like, Alan, also, we need a finder's fee. And he gives them 20 quid. And they're like, thank you, goodbye. And then he's like, how long are you going to be? We have to build a time machine to take us to the 60s first or yeah. something. Yeah, and he's like, give me my money back. And they're like, don't think so. And then he says something like... You don't know what I'm capable of or something. No, he says, you don't know what I'm capable of, boys. Yeah. Like that. And then, he, and then I was like, what's he going to do? Cuts to the next scene and he's slapping him around and beating him <laughs> up and they run away. I loved it. He was full of rage, wasn't he? He had bloody knuckles and everything. So, Sarah... That, nothing ever came of that, though. Well, Usually when shaped... a character gets bloody knuckles, he somebody shook... notices, don't they? There was Maybe a scene... Okay, right, so Sarah's meeting some clients in Speed Doll. I don't know why they're meeting there. No, I didn't get that. I and didn't it was know funny, was too, because there. they come down the stairs and Sarah goes, Oh, hi, did you find us okay? What do you mean, Us? Yeah, I did find you okay. I was expecting to go to the great big uh, fabric factory. 
clothing factory up the road. Yeah, but funny why I should Indian think that. This Indian restaurant is is fine, I guess. <laughs> so they all sit down. Sorry, Pakistani. They all sit down, and um, they're about to shake on this deal for the North American market with a very suspiciously pair of English people. When uh, Stephen comes in and he shakes their hands, and this is when I was expecting what you're saying about him, them seeing his bloody knuckles. Yeah. But I imagine what happened was. They're about to sign. Stephen comes in. They shake his hand. They look at it. He's got blood all over his hands. And he's like, how about another 5%? And they're like, okay, whatever you want. <laughs> I don't want to get beaten to death. So um, he's like saying, Nippers, Nippers, highly sought after. You have to pay us more. So he ends up getting more. And um, everyone's happy with him, I guess. Well, Carla isn't. She's like fairly loath to congratulate him, isn't she? When well, they go back, she's, she's like, oh, well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, so um Well she was she sent Sarah to do it and then Stephen comes along anyway. Yeah. Which yeah. she was a bit annoyed about. So uh, Stephen ends the week on top. He does, after, doesn't he? After a few little setbacks. I can um, just imagine him going to bed tonight on a Friday going, Yeah, I really did a good job <laughs> And then and then No mom, I don't want any hot chocolate. God, I can't <laughs> wait to move out. <laughs> yeah. Alright, Stephen love. Let me know if you want another hot water bottle. We're not having the heat on past nine. So, <laughs> so th- this this drugs trip then this LSD loved it. D- d- what? How else are you gonna? I'm sorry, but I know you don't like the visual effects. How else are you gonna do that? There, there's like there's no you could not have portrayed any of that. With just Stephen walking around, going, ah. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't mind it too much. I did think that some of the visual effects, especially at the beginning, weren't weren't they the were best. All they, they weren't exactly Hollywood, completely but, accurate. But you know, um, I I think that I think that I'm going to say, yes, they were fine for what was needed there. It it was a kind of a bit of a so bad it's good. Um, black but, and white but, wobbly but, wobbly but when, when I was just melty welty when, when I got into it when I kind of just accepted that this is what they're doing then yeah. I was able to just sit back and enjoy it yeah. and like I said every time he came onto the screen I was just like I hope he's not better I hope he sees something else this time just to see what it is and we were just laughing all our way through it I mean did, did you have a did you have a favourite um, visual effect. I like I like the bit where the portrait turned to Leo. I thought that was good, and I liked everybody sitting in the audience. I think I, I think the sea of Leos and and uh, Teddies was I just my want favorite. To bit. Give a big props to the to um the actors who played Leo and Teddy because I bet you that took a long time because they had to change in and out oh, of yeah. all of those costumes and sit in all those chairs individually. Yeah, yeah, just for like a two second. It wasn't. Shot. A, yeah, it was on for two seconds. Yeah, no, no it, that's it was how dedicated fun. they are to bringing us quality entertainment. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I not ironically, I loved it. Uh, and and I have to say as well to the people who are saying that um, what has become of my Corey, and I know I know there are people that are saying there that, won't be anyone saying. So, that. You go back to the late nineteen sixty. You go back to May Hardman's death in what episode seven, eight or so, and it wasn't a million miles away from what we she saw. Didn't with Stephen, LSD, did she? she didn't die of LSD, but she had wibbly wobbly camera effects, didn't she? She was. I, I. It's been a while since I've seen it, but they definitely didn't 
play her death straight. You could see things kind of blurring in and out of focus, and, and all, and the and the clocks are ticking and everything. There was didn't a lot. They? There was a lot of experimental stuff going on even back at the very beginning of Coronation Street, as far as and that's just stuff. behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like for example, they experimented with having people cough behind the camera to sort of really make you feel experimented like experimented with dropping the boom into the shot. Yeah. Just to, no, I, 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 I know, I know, I get that Corey isn't usually like that and oh it was it was utterly weirdly bizarrely camp and and yes i i do like the the character stuff and the serious stuff and the and the good humor but i've just i'm just laid back and accepted this for what it is and if this is the route that they're going down then um that that kept me entertained and and that's what you want really isn't it um so so Elaine, then are we are we are we thinking that things are more likely to be? Uh, she's gonna die. Not going her way now. As soon as she's like, oh, we're gonna get married. I was like, Elaine, you're gonna die. The thing is, it's like, why would he kill her? Is she to going get her to her hands? His hands on her cash. If they both buy a red bank together and he gets married to her, mm. we, it's, they don't need to buy anything. It's, he's gonna be like. Oh, I really think we should get married as soon as possible. What's the point of waiting? She'll go, oh, that's right. Don't let the grass grow under your feet, do you, Stephen? Mm. Can't wait to be your wife. I can't wait to be Mrs. Elaine Reed. And then as soon as, you know, they've had the, the wedding night, she'll be dead. Do and he'll have all her money, which is going to be quite a lot. Do you, would you like her to be able to find him out <laughs> just before he does her I mean, know? as far as... In, female empowerment and you know taking into consideration her entire character arc and her story and her background and how she was Jeff's first victim and she helped Yasmin realise what he was doing to her and she was really strong and she tried to you know help Yasmin etc. Having her be killed by a serial killer like, She's like, like it wasn't so bad for Jeff to be honest was no, it? No. That would be really awful and, and kind of undermine the entire character arc but it would also be great <laughs> yeah because she's I, such a wet blanket I, i'd like her to find out and do a have like a oh you're norman brief yeah norman, norman brief. brief with a norman, case norman bates with a hole punch sort of moment before he claves her head in with uh, i don't know i just wouldn't you like her to just die sat uh, like happy and not really ever realizing being steamed to death with a lavender pillow or something <laughs> I'm not sure, but having having him, it depends how far they the go is, with the it. The thing is, right? Are they I actually going to get married? And, and, and they haven't had a serial killer on Coronation Street kill their own spouse yet. Have well, here's they? a question: so Is he actually be... divorced from Gabrielle yet? I can't remember where they got to with that. Let's say she, he's not. Uh, That's a two for one, then, isn't it? I, I think probably he is. I think he must be, but I don't know. I think that so... Gabrielle was going to tell Elaine. It would, yeah. And I mean, then if... that he's gonna have to kill both of them because I, I mean I am saying oh he's gonna kill her for the money. At the moment, there's literally no, there's no reason that Stephen would kill Elaine, even if he wanted her money. I, even if she's really annoying, it's a bit of a risk. He he, well, he killed Leo. He didn't really kill Leo on purpose. Well, he didn't kill him on purpose. He fell, and then he got rid of the body. And then with um, Teddy, he killed him because he was gonna. He found out that he done something to leo yeah so he's not like a cold-blooded serial murderer he's not a plotter he reacts when exactly (laughs) so the only reason 
he's gonna kill Elaine is if she finds out or yeah I think I think having you know if, if I, I don't know if, I, I can't imagine it's gonna happen too soon we've got to have a bit of a gap before he uh, claims blood yet again but if they announce their engagement Enough time for a wedding and then Gabrielle pops up on the scene again and, well, and says look you don't know who you're dealing with here Elaine maybe does a little bit of digging although I don't think she's smart enough to do no, that she's much not. investigation. What, wasn't it really suspicious that we had like one random scene with Gabrielle in a car? Yeah, she, she's still she's, she's on still the on the periphery, isn't she? Absolutely. So uh, another so another thing. Okay, here's another thing that maybe might happen. Well, no, he's blotted his copybook with those lads, hasn't he? How's he gonna get drugs now? Yeah, did he? And did he? Uh, no, yeah, he didn't get any LSD. Well, he didn't often, get any LSD because did he didn't have any. No, he's so but. I'm sure there'll be. I mean, he's he still is got. He's what got contacts do, with Rufus, hasn't what do he? The kids... He phoned up. Oh Rufus yeah, Rufus. Yeah. Why didn't you just ask Rufus for drugs? Yeah. Well, we don't maybe know. he thought he'd be able to get it cheaper. He's always out for a deal, isn't he? Looking for the cheapest, cheapest supplier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really interested to see what everyone's reaction is when the announcement of the engagement comes, because knowing Elaine, I don't think she's going to be able to keep it quiet no, for long she won't. because she's just so excited. I feel really with, bad with the for how thing. much I hate her. Well, I don't hate her. I just think she's silly. Yeah. I mean, the thing is. It was very silly that she took it as a proposal anyway, because it's not like they'd even been dating, really, is no. it? They had literally she, just been she friends. Went... She's so desperate that she takes a first whiff of somebody saying something that could come a... Like, it reminded me a little bit, I'm sure they've done it plenty of times on Coronation Street before, but the one that stands out to me is when Curly accidentally accepted... Well, it was led... What was it? It was Curly and Kimberly, wasn't it, back in the early 90s, and... So somebody says something and then Kimberly and her mum and dad think that Curly's proposed to her and he's kind of roped in into this crazy family. Mm-hmm. But um, I forgot what her point was now completely. But It's not the first time that somebody's accidentally been yeah, proposed to. But, so, so, but as far as all the other characters are concerned... They're, they're just, they are just friends. So what are they going to say? I'm really interested. I'm especially interested in seeing Jenny's reaction. And I hope we get to see this. Because Jenny... She was only just giving him a pep talk, like, she, five minutes ago. She was. And I, and, I, and she has had a bit of a candle for him. She's held a bit of a torch for him, hasn't she, has Jenny? And I'm wondering whether she's going to get her nose put out of joint if Elaine's there flashing this diamond ring or something. And Jenny's going to think, oh, hang on a minute. going to get his nerves on that? How's he going to afford... Maybe he's going to have to kill Elaine to get the money to buy the diamond ring. Yeah, and then it's oh, what do I do with that now? I don't know. So I think that I think that it'd be interesting for, for Jenny to, to be on the case. Or maybe, see, this is the thing, like, who who's going to actually find him out if it's not Elaine? Who, who would you most like to be the one to do that oh, aha moment and take Stephen down? Because with with Phelan, it was it was Anna really, wasn't it? Well, it towards it the end, and with Seb Richard, it was Gail. Yeah. So at the moment, as we've spoken about recently on the podcast, there's still no like real there's still no real adversary other than Carla, and she's not having a go at him because. He's, she suspects him of murder yeah. and she just wants him to make her a cup of tea. It's not going to be satisfying to me if Carla finds out because she already doesn't like him. I think I don't think so either. I mean, it feels like at the moment she's maybe the one that's most likely to because he has he be. has been drugging her and everything so it would be the perfect get your own back if she's the one that takes him down but you're right, I don't think I'd be satisfied with that. I'd... I, 
I mean, just imagine if it was Audrey that found out Again. that her old... Well, yeah, if she found out that her son she, was well, a serial saying, killer. Because she's the one that discovered it was Richard Hillman. Yeah, yeah, was... Audrey and Archie were the ones that found out well, Richard yeah. Hillman. So she's got a nose for it, so you better watch out, Stephen. Yeah, but... we could have a spin-off show with Audrey just solving crimes by accident. <laughs> no, I, I'd i like Jenny to be more involved on this, because she keeps being brought into the storyline and then and then flung off for a few weeks. But then equally, we didn't have any, we didn't have David, we didn't have Gail, we didn't have Audrey this week, did we? And the storyline was still able to, to go perfectly well with without them as long as it's not tim tim is not tim is not gonna find Why? Stephen out although yeah it, it, it wasn't that in my his, predictions for the year elaine's his mum so he's got oh, he yeah. would have a reason that's why i'm worried i don't want him to be in the story because I, I like the story as it is yeah i don't like tim i, I wouldn't mind it having <laughs> a bit of a rest it's got to last till Christmas. It's it's got it's got to last a long time. I think I think we are going to have many 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 more months of this, and they, my, and they right. can't blow their load too early. My prediction, okay. Um, Gabrielle finds out they're still married. Gabrielle finds out that she's engaged. He's engaged to to um, Elaine. Um, she turns up and she tries she tries to warn Elaine, and then Stephen kills her secretly. Yeah, Gabrielle. Gabrielle. And then Elaine gets really suspicious and eventually puts it all together and uh, confronts him and he kills her as well. And then we have another break and then he manages to seduce Jenny and then at Christmas it all comes out, but she manages to yeah, yeah, I, push I, him off a balcony. I love that. Flipping scaffolding, honestly. Because I think he needs to kill two women now, otherwise he's sexist. <laughs> Don't you think? He, he has got to have at least one... Um, one lady one lady victim. Uh, yeah, a fatal fam. Um, I think that, yeah, yeah. Yep. Are we done? No, no, no. I just wanted to talk... I, I really enjoyed the stuff with the vote of no confidence at the beginning of the week. I was fa- I found it very weird that, that it was unanimous that they all voted for Carlo and they were told specifically, everybody has to vote for this to happen. And if, no, if one person doesn't vote... Because what I tell you what, what I got confused about is that I thought that Stephen was going to make the ballots all come for... Yeah, you thought that they were going to be... Um... If I was Stephen, I would have just gone. I would have just voted. Everybody said, "Oh, everyone wants to kick her out." Right, nobody's allowed to discuss the vote because if you do, it's invalid. Well, although the... it would have been quite obvious as soon as somebody said, "What did you vote?" Well, if if it was supposed to be unanimous, then anybody who voted for Carla would have gone. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I thought I thought that was a good, a nice early week twist, and yeah. I mean, it honestly it shows that Stephen's not as clever as he thinks he is because he thought he was being so Machiavellian and, and sneaky. And then it, he literally didn't get one person. No. But, he, but to be fair to him, he did manage to wangle his job back by the end of the episode. So he has got something going for him. He has got a bit of a business what, blackmail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so that was all, all fun and games. Um, what was a lot more serious this week is the Amy mm-hmm. and Aaron storyline. Yes, but uh, Brian was still in it, barking away. I... This is my little mystery about this. Why why has Brian been involved? Like, I'm wondering whether he... When it, I'll tell you what, I'll come back to it later, but if I forget to say, ask me about what I think about Brian. So, this story didn't get started until Thursday, 
And um, Amy's been a bit of a grump on the sofa, saying, I didn't get much sleep last night. Aaron and Summer, you were chatting up until the wee hours. And Aaron says, oh, no, I wasn't talking to Summer. I was talking to my dad, actually, on the phone. And But Amy doesn't really believe him. I don't, I don't know why she doesn't, but she, she smells a little rat there. So she goes and... Because com- she heard them talking, and it didn't sound like the sort of conversation you'd have with your dad. I guess not. I guess not. So she... You'd com- be like, so... Dad, what you wearing? <laughs> I don't... But Aaron wasn't having that conversation well, with Mia, was he? he obviously was having something that crossed a, a line. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been able to tell. Anyway, I don't know, I don't know. She confronts him about it at you, work. And he, he admits to her that it was his ex, this girl called Mia. Um, another, another girl with an eating disorder. So clearly Aaron has a type. He just goes to these meetings to pick up chicks. I think he does. I think you're right. It's his... Um, M.O. Yeah, so he she, she he says she's going through a tough time. I just needed to help, and and she she even though we split up, she thinks that she can still talk to me, and and, and I'm and I'm a good listener and everything. And Amy says you really need to tell Summer about this if this is as innocent as you're making out. Um, but unfortunately, before he gets a chance, Summer sees his phone because they have this lunch together in the cafe or something, and you could tell it was going to happen, couldn't you? He's like, "I'm just going to put my phone face up on the table in front of you, Summer, while I go and order something from Bernie." And what do you know? A message bings onto the screen from Mia saying, "Oh, thanks for last night. It was great." Um, and and Summer, you know, and and. Un- surprisingly confronts Aaron about this and he's this is when he says oh yeah she's got an eating disorder she 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 speaks to me she's she I'm a good listener to her and everything and she says no this this is weird why are you in touch with an ex still um and and Aaron this at this point admits that it was her that he'd been speaking to last night as well and Summer is not happy in the slightest about being lied Mm. to well not only is he talking to another girl in the late hours of the night, but he's trying to cover up about it. So what's going on there, Aaron? What are you trying to hide? So later on, um, uh, Amy tells um, Summer that she knew about it already because of confronting um, Aaron about it at work. Then we have Brian coming into the flat and saying he's moving back home tomorrow. The electricals are all fixed. Ed says that he can go back to number 12 or wherever it is that he lives. Um, Summer says... And he goes away again. Yeah, yeah. Summer says to Amy, look, me and Aaron have already had trust issues here. This whole thing is making things worse. I, I don't know what's... I don't know whether we can survive this. Oh, no. I know, I know. Oh, Aaron no. and Summer. Uh, can I... Like, of all the stuff he's put up with, with Summer, as soon as he does one, th- one thing out of line, she's like, I don't think we can be friends, and we can't even... Be- like, hmm... Well, he says as much later on in the episode, doesn't he? I'm glad he stands up for himself. Yeah, he does. He goes to see Summer and says, "Look, I'm going to be straight with you next time. Sorry about this." And so, but Summer's like, she's not having any of it. And he says, "Well, yeah, I still will carry on speaking to Mia if she needs me." And she's like, "No, you won't. You're not allowed to speak to her." And he's like, "Oh, and also, it comes (laughs) out as well, doesn't it, that he's been telling Summer about all her dramas that she's been having." I mean, that must have taken about uh, Summer's dramas. Yeah, that's what I said. Or mentally, <laughs> that must have taken a long time. It's no like, wonder they were talking all night. It, yeah, exactly. And Start, laughing. Started chatting at lunchtime, <laughs> and by two right. o'clock, he's just about got to the bit where Mike locks her in the room. And then you'll guess what happens next. She oh. fainted. She fainted. She never <laughs> again. Aaron says, "I have done so much for you, Summer. I, I even stood by you when you were offering to have some other guy's baby." And Summer's like. 
Uh, no, I don't, I don't have this idea. Uh, I was only having someone else's baby so that I could put your dad through rehab. Which she was the most that. hilariously soap thing that I know, I know. So <laughs> that's that's kind of where where the, the things are on Friday by the end of um, Thursday's episode. Like, Friday out, we come out, into Aaron. it, and and Amy's having a bit of a having a bit of a sad time because she, she ends up being quite um, melancholy about losing Jacob. Yeah, yeah. She she she's. She's got a guard down on Friday's episode for one thing or another. And one of them is that she's still getting Jacob's monster truck magazines through the post. And it's kind of reminding her of him. At one point she tries to, to phone him and it's not working. So they decide to cheer each other up. Jacob and sorry, Amy and, and Aaron do by going out for this cocktail night at the bistro later. Um, maybe we should bring Summer along with us. And Aaron's like, oh, I'm not sure that she's going to forgive me after yesterday, but oh, maybe. So um, then we have the scene with Brian leaving the flat. There's a there's a kind of sweet, I guess, little scene between Brian and, and Aaron and saying, oh, I'm going to miss you. And, and Aaron says, oh, you can come around whenever you want. Um, and then Aaron goes over to Summer's flat or Billy's flat to say, sorry for what happened yesterday. I just want to make it up to you. Come to the bistro with us. Have some, have some, have some cocktails. It's gonna be, a, it's gonna be a great evening. And Summer's like, I, I just don't know, Aaron. I, I can't trust you after everything that happened between you and Mia. Sorry. So, um, then we go have Aaron going back to work again. And as you said earlier, he's got a promotion. Tyrone and Abby um, drop the bombshell on him that he is no longer a trainee mechanic anymore. He's a fully no, fledged mechanic. No, it's junior mechanic. Junior mechanic. To normal mechanic. No, he's, now, he's now utterly normal in every way. You're not a junior mechanic anymore. You're a dog's body mechanic now. Yeah. Congratulations. Aaron also talks to Abby, Maybe I think, a little two. bit about what's going on with Summer. So... She's, She's maybe being involved in the story, possibly now. I don't know. She she knows some things. I couldn't care less. So, <laughs> so um, then we have a scene back up in in uh, in Summer and Aaron's flat again, and Amy's round the corner. Summer comes into the building, and and Aaron, and Amy starts going on about, oh, have you talked any sense into that Summer yet? Not realizing Please. that this isn't actually Aaron that's walking through the door. Tis Summer herself. Summer's obviously mega offended by this, and Amy, Amy kind of has fallen over herself to apologize. But um, <laughs> Summer says, "Can can you believe that Aaron still wants to be able to speak to Mia after everything that's happened? It's unbelievable." And Amy, t- Amy, good for her, tells Summer. I think you're being a little bit needy and secure and insecure here, understandably, but you need to let Aaron off the leash a little bit. You can't control everything that he does. Well, that doesn't work. They end up bickering and Amy says, Summer, you better do one. Do one. So she yeah. does she does one. Um Aaron gets home later and Amy tells him about what happened with Summer and she's she's just not really in the mood for going out for cocktails now. Good job then that Aaron has brought back two bottles. He's what's he got? A little blue. He's got some kind of vodka-based alcohol and some prosecco. Prosecco, just for a little classy tipple, mm. and um and and he's brought news of this new promotion as well. So the drinks start flowing, um, and um where do we I've go? I've never to seen then? anybody celebrate a promotion on Coronation Street as much as Aaron celebrated this non-event of being told that you're no longer yeah junior yeah um summer gets a message from aaron saying that you need to come along for the bistro we'll be there later so i guess he's changed his mind about that and then we see them all pre-bistro having a, having a little drink in the flat so who was there we had 
Summer wasn't there at this point, was she? I don't think so. We had Aaron, we had Amy, we had Asher, we had Ardy with his little, his little bit of stubble, uh, getting him out for his once a month appearance. And Nina was there. As Nina never seems like... She, she seems slightly really, too old. She does. She she feels like she's a little bit too mature for all of the rest of them. She doesn't really fit in, but oh, I don't mind. I it's funny it's how nice it's, it's really again. not that much of a difference. Like the age no, it's not. It's, it's like barely two anything. years or something, but she does, yeah, she just seems a bit like kids but hey free booze well exactly so but anyway um, just she is asher's girlfriend so yes yes she does just, easy she be... easy to forget that <laughs> anyway aaron ends up popping champagne all over himself doesn't he prosecco. A, oh yeah sorry prosecco all over himself and um, he's, a, he's only been he's only been promoted to normal mechanic mm. from junior not like head of the company or anything. He's not, he's not. So um, everyone else goes off to the bistro, leaving Aaron and Amy in the flat there. And he's he's still got booze all over him. He's taken his lucky jeans off at this point. And he's, not he's so lucky, really. Wa- well, no, he's walking around the flat in his pants and shirt, which was unbuttoned like 70s Ken Barlow style with, yeah. his, with his chest all out and everything. Yeah. Who's and, he think uh, he is? Richard Gere? <laughs> and um, he, he ask, take, your, ask your mum. Takes it over to Amy to uh, well, a- Amy says, look, give it here, let me, have, let me have a look at it. And basically, one thing leads to another and before long, he's going in for a kiss. <laughs> um, and, whoa, where'd that come from? They're interrupted by a phone call that I can't remember who it was in the end. Ring, and ring. Amy snapped. Ring, ring. Yes. No, was it go like, oh, yeah, ring, it's like, knock, knock, ring, ring. Who's there? Interrupting phone call. <laughs> Interrupting. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Amy's. Oh, God, that could have been. Sorry, I didn't. That would have been tippity top if you hadn't ruined it. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm in the zone. I'm, I'm in the groove of what went on. Amy's like. Hang on a minute, what's going on? Why am I kissing you? She's like, this is a little bit awkward. I think I got carried away in the moment a little bit. She, It wasn't at that stage him going in to kiss her and her pulling away, was it? And I think if that phone call hadn't interrupted them, she'd have been, ring, she'd have ring. had his, uh, uh, stop Who it. knows what would have happened? She'd have had their tongue down his throat, I bet. And it, But anyway, didn't get a chance. She realises that they can't be doing this. Uh, and they all head out to the bistro. She there. tells them to get changed. Yeah, yeah, she? yeah. So um, later on, they're in the bistro having a bit of a bop, a bit of a dance around. Bit of an empty dis, a bit of an empty bistro, it was a, wasn't it? It was a, a glasses shaker. I, it was. They were. I, 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 my theory is that everyone else had heard that Summer had been invited, so that's why the bistro yeah. was so empty, apart from Honestly, those teenagers. Though, if I had, if I was on a Friday night, I said to you, just, just go and have a nice meal somewhere. Go to the bistro, open the door, and I see in front of me Aaron, Nina, Asha, Ardy dancing around. I'd be like, this isn't on, for me. Drunk on alcohol pops. Go to I'd go, I know I'd go to speed dial. <laughs> um, they, they can't they can't get served there. So they're all set they they at one point they go and sit down in the booth. There's Amy, there's Asher and Nina and Summer and oh yeah, because Summer turns up in the end. Uh, um, oh good. And and they they're talking to she Amy. She brings about... him a present. She gives Aaron a present. Oh yeah, she does, doesn't she? And he doesn't she? even open it. No, what was that? Condoms. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what gives him the idea for later. Um, no, he he ends up um, defending Amy because they're saying, "Oh, we need to get you on a dating site or something." And he says, "Oh, keep your nose out of Amy's business." So she she gets up, storms out. She's fed up of them. She's not in the mood after the kiss. She thanks him for sticking up for still her. A bit drunk. But yeah, exactly. She she needs to get away. 
Um, and, and then Aaron and Summer have one little arty conversation to each other. At the and, bistro. Yeah, he says, you're, you're just, br- this is my celebration and you're just a total buzzkill. You're bringing the mood down for this just whole noticed. thing. I know. He, well, he obviously took a, a certain level of um, inebriation for him to, to, to finally truth. give her these truth bombs that she needs. I'm He's going to go home. I'm pretty sure at one point Abby comes in and she sees Aaron celebrating and she's like, oh no. Oh, it was a joke promotion because there's no such thing as a junior mechanic. <laughs> He's always been a normal mechanic. I can't say anything now. I can't remember what Abby says. He's already spent all this money on cheap Prosecco. So Amy back at home is trying to call <laughs> Jake. And they're going, shut up, don't say anything. We'll make it a mint. <laughs> Amy's back at home trying to call Jacob but can't get through, no connection or something. And then Aaron comes in. And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to split up with Summer, but at the same time... She's boring. I don't, she's really, really dull, and, and she's got all this drama going on. She says, I don't want to argue with someone that I'm supposed to love. That's half the fun! I know, but they agree that love sucks. <laughs> oh. And they end up um, having a little sit-down on the sofa, agreeing that this kiss earlier today meant nothing. They're very but, close. Um, before long, things start to get a little bit hot and heavy. So No, it doesn't. Well... They're, they're both sozzled. They're both reclining heavily. Yeah, they're, they're there on the sofa. sharing they, a bottle. Yeah, multiple bottles. Back. They're, they're, they're all over each other. They're very, very kind they're of touching. They're all over each I, other. I, they're very, You're very close. You're using euphemisms that mean something slightly different in a romance. Like, if you said it's hot and heavy and they're all over each other, it makes it sound like they're kissing. I'm, they're not. They're draping. They're sort of draping on each other. Yeah. They're very, like, there are no boundaries. Aaron, Aaron's, like, touching her lips. And saying, mm. you go get me some alcohol. Yeah. They're having a they're having a snuggle, they're, aren't they? If you didn't know any better, you would say they were flirting. Yes, exactly. They they, they are. Um but it, not that this excuses Aaron no. for what he did later, of course. It doesn't really matter what leads up to No, no, it does situation. No, but um, It's okay if she was doing that. It's okay if, if that's what was going on. But once you get to a certain stage, yes. which we'll find out in a minute. Anyway, <laughs> Classic way of um, solving a problem, what? A, a dilemma. What? Done war. Oh yeah, they yeah because they need to decide who's going to go off to the shop to get a new drink, don't they? So they thumb war. It. Um, we used to do thumb wars all the time, but we don't do them anymore because you beat me because you've got a bigger thumb. Yeah, I always beat you at thumb wars, so you're always going to go and get the drink. Anyway, Amy's like, oh, I just remembered, I got some slow gin in the bedroom. And she, I'm going to go and slow get gin. that. She said it tastes horrible. Well, sorry, but. You try pricking all the slows individually by hand. No. I feel very defensive as slow gin. She, she goes off into the bedroom <laughs> to try and find this bottle of slow gin. And Aaron, we, we see it from Aaron's perspective and, and we hear a, a sound of her crashing down on top of something. He rushes into the bedroom, finds her on the floor with a drawer on top of her or something. So I don't know what she's been doing here. <laughs> and, he, and he lifts her up onto the bed and it looks like they're close to kissing again. And they do. They, they have a bit of a snog. Then they kind of start undressing each other a little bit. But suddenly Amy... I don't know whether it's a kind Amy of a, says, a, re- a realization of what's happening or, or what, but she's like, yeah, I feel. She I probably feel genuinely sick. wants to be sick. Yeah, she she she's had a bit too much to drink, bless her. So she pulls away and and ends up lying down on like a left hand side, leaning over away from away him. from him with, with him her, behind her. Yeah, with her hands on her head, like oh, 
Yeah. I'm having a hangover already. But, but you know, within seconds, she's blotto, isn't she? She falls asleep. But he carries on, like, kissing her from behind and everything. And, and then we see him reaching his hand down towards her skirt. And the camera's, like, panning away off of the bed. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, it's very clear what's going on here. And the final shot of the episode is her knickers being tossed onto a wine bottle. Oh, um, he did get those off pretty fast, I have to say. He, yeah. Um, so it's because we weren't looking. It was like yes. It 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 looks like there was a little bit of um, what little bit of a rapey business going on there. It's very difficult to talk about Corey's new issue storyline. Everybody without resorting to being silly because it's so uncomfortable. Making jokes um, is sort of like what's it called? Our escape from feeling really. It was. It was. It. When I was, I mean, I, I knew this that this story was coming because when when we went to um when we were up in Manchester a couple of weeks ago, yes, um that just before then we'd been invited onto um onto a, a Zoom press call with with Ellen Mulvaney and um, James Craven, yes, and um, we, we couldn't actually. I know we did, we did some of it, didn't we? We did some of it. We but we, we, had we to saw rush James off. speaking about this on Zoom and then we had to rush off to go and have lunch with Ian Kirsch or so <laughs> so we weren't able to be in on the Ellen Mavaney chat although they did very kindly send us a recording of it later so we, you know we, we were in the land of Corrie so I thought yeah whatever we'll have a few spoilers coming our way so we, we, were, we were prepared for this but despite that I was kind of watching it and I was I was hoping that they would do a good job with it and and I think that they did because as I was watching it it just felt yeah, very, very uncomfortable. Um, I need to watch the the interview back again because um, the reason, one of the reasons I was so very keen to to watch the interviews and do the press conference is that the pitch was something, and maybe I misinterpreted it or I heard that um, Aaron and Amy would both get drunk and mm-hmm. then there would be a consent storyline. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I really need I really need to be up on this because if you're both drunk how what's the what's the consent what's the issue I mean, I know there's an issue with consent, but how is this going to work? How is this going to be played? Because if you're both drunk, whose responsibility is it? Mm. Right? So I was thinking because let's face it, how many how many times have you seen a, a rom com or like um, a, a TV show where two characters come in from somewhere, they're both drunk, they've both had yeah. a nice meal or been to a party, they've both had alcohol, and then they kiss and they have sex with each other, and it's brilliant and everyone's happy. Mm. And I was thinking, oh, how are we how are we talking about this? What's the, what's what's the what's the well, not what is the issue with that but you know what's the what's the story going to be but then when i actually saw it today i was like well clear like i can't see how anybody could watch this and go well i don't see what the problem is you know no. it was very very clear to me that aaron should have stopped as soon as he knew that amy wasn't responding in any way well exactly i mean up until that point it definitely looked like he was on a promise, if you know what I mean, from Amy. And, it's, but and that's, when, you know, I don't know what to say about that. But they so- were both drunk and they probably wouldn't have chosen to have done that if they hadn't have had alcohol. But the thing is, they were both in the same situation up until she falls mm. unconscious. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's... 
And what kind of made me realise, or one of the things that made me realise, no, this was absolutely wrong from Aaron, is although we didn't get to see what happened afterwards, the the, the implication is that he had sex with her while she She was was completely unresponsive. And just to imagine that... How could you do that? Exactly. And I know he was drunk and everything, but that's... That that's that's hideous. Um, it is, isn't so it? I, I'm I'm re- I think that they showed enough that there can be really no excusing him. But I'm fascinated to find out what happens in the next episode because they I think they did say it on the on the press conference. But I, I I've forgotten. But it makes complete sense to me for it to kind of go. Aaron saying, "Hang on a minute, Amy, you wanted it too." He's going to say, I didn't rape you. And Amy's going to say, I don't remember saying, I don't remember consenting. I don't remember I don't anything remember, that happened. I don't, I don't even remember. Doing it. I, there's there's going to be a very awkward scene, isn't there? On I, I'm reckoning like the first scene on Monday's episode is going to be her waking up. And it was, it's a bit like, you know, when we had the scene with David a few years ago when Josh um, raped him. And, and and we and we see him waking mm. up and, and it kind of dawning on him slowly exactly what's happened to him and and and, and that was that was superbly done I always remember the scene of him kind of crouched in the shower afterwards wasn't he and oh, yeah. and he, he Jack was brilliant and, and I think that this is gonna hopefully be you know one of Elmer Bainey's yeah. best scenes ever I, once you realize was what has happened it's gonna be incredibly uncomfortable um the following i don't know what how they're going to pick it up on monday what what we're gonna well like i said i i i think it's going to be her waking up realizing i think that i'm wondering whether he's gonna remember because they had an awful lot to drink hadn't they are they They, both going to wake up and forget is he gonna is he gonna on monday go hey baby do you remember remember, that last night and uh, i i don't know but i i think that he's he's not going to think he raped her when there was clearly that there was no consent she was she was unconscious you can't consent if you're unconscious but he's gonna say no 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 you were up for it he might even lie about her state of consciousness because he could very well say no you were awake you wanted this you don't remember it because you were drunk but you definitely did i wonder whether that's going to be part of it um and I'm wondering just how much they're going to vilify Aaron here because up to this point, he's been, the you know, the fairly lovable, goofy, Cedric Diggory-ish, handsome, you know, nice guy, hasn't he? Which makes this storyline going to him all the more interesting, I'd say. Mm. Up until this point, we're not supposed to hate Aaron. We're supposed to kind of well, almost I mean, the feel fact, sorry the for him because told... of all the stuff he's had to put up with with Summer. Yeah, the fact he told Summer to do one makes him a hero in most people's eyes. Well, he 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 ha- he was absolutely right when he told Summer, "I've stood by you yeah. through thick and thin. You were going to have this other guy's child, <laughs> and and we saw her just com- making these decisions without consulting him at all. And he's just had to stand back. And there's been a couple of times when he's he stood up for himself, but on the whole, he's been under her thumb because he loved her. Um, so to have somebody that's a nice guy turn around and do this 
is going to make the conversation all the more interesting because there's going to be lots of people. There's going to be a lot of Aaron fans out there, aren't there? Think of all the teenage girls that are watching Coronation Street and fancy Aaron and now they're seeing their heartthrob doing this. It's going to make it really, really difficult for them. And I think that's what Coronation Street want oh, with this. I it makes know. you realise that, you know... I... It, that it, that it, 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 there's no he's just because he seems like he's a nice guy maybe he's not or... uh, can I just point out the legions of Chris Brown fans who still think he's the bee's knees after what he did to Rihanna yeah no that that's very very true well it's going to open it up for debate then isn't it it's going to get people talking maybe we will still have some Aaron fans going no 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 it's not his fault Amy wanted it and, and yeah. Coronation Street wants people talking about it. This is what this storyline's going to do really, really well, I think. I think that he's also, going back to what I was saying earlier, I wonder whether he's going to like have Brian as a confidant because they seem to have developed some kind of relationship, didn't they, with him and the B-Dog. I wonder whether he's going to be like, Amy says that I raped her and, and, and Brian's going to be stuck between a bit of a rock and a hard place because he was also... You know, he was also fairly chummy with Amy. Surely he will have done, he will have taught lessons in the past or been a, a, a very much aware of what consent is to teenagers because he was, he was just, I think, a teacher at the secondary school, wasn't he? He was the head teacher at the primary school, but a teacher at the secondary school. So, so he's going to come with all of that background knowledge. I wonder whether Abby's going to be involved in it as well. Because he, she was kind of seemingly, you know, she she's a colleague of Aaron's, so I, I I'm wondering whether there's going to be sides and whether I mean I think this is going to be another opportunity if Amy, if and when Amy opens up to Stephen Tracy, they're very very loyal to her, aren't they? Um, and I, and I think it's going to be you know two sides saying this happened, no this happened, he said she said. Whereas really, the only people who know exactly what happened on that night is us, the viewers. But it's because not... Aaron's not going to remember completely the next day, I don't think. And and Amy's there's nothing to remember because she was unconscious. I don't think it. I don't think it would be a good story if it was about he said she said. I think it should be about consent. You're talking about a completely different story. How do you mean? Well, it's not a question of. It's a, it's a question of. Did Amy agree to have sex with Aaron? That's the question. And she didn't. No, she didn't. We it's know not... that. But I don't know whether in the in the cold It's not he said, the... she said, is it then? It's it's not he said, she said, it's is it okay if you were having if you were having um if you were making out with somebody and they definitely wanted to have sex with you, but then they fell asleep, is it okay to just carry on? And lots of people still would go yeah well they said they were you know they they were up for it you makes know. the skin crawl i know it, it does um some people would still not see that that is wrong mm. and that's why that you have we have to have this conversation to some people it's incredibly obvious but to other people they actually do need to have it explained and i remember there was um um, a famous analogy that went round, I can't remember, quite a few years ago, which is about making somebody a cup of tea. And if you ever get mm. confused about whether somebody wants to have sex with you or not, just imagine that you're offering them a cup of tea. Now, in Aaron's case, Amy really wanted a cup of tea, but then she fell asleep. 
And when you're asleep, she you can't, felt a bit sick. You can't drink tea when you're asleep because you'll die. Yeah, and you don't force tea down. And you don't give people down. who are asleep tea, you put the tea next to them. As lovely as the tea and is. And if they wake up and then they want the tea, the tea's there for them when, they, when they're ready. Mm-hmm. You can't just feed it to people when they're asleep. Yeah. So that's, that's the golden rule there. And I'm sorry that but Aaron didn't realise th- that. There's, there's got to be a story on this. Yes, and, I know. And but Curry has I'm flirted saying, with... Listen, I'm not saying you're wrong about the, about the side taking. But what I'm saying is, I don't think it's going to be a, oh, he said, she said. She said, she, he said, she said that she wanted to and she said she didn't. Mm. It's not about that. It's a different, slightly different way of looking at it. And I'm sure there's going to be... Well, I don't know what the story's going to be, but you can imagine... Abby, for example, saying, look, okay, yeah, the lad did something wrong, but you're going to ruin his life over it? You know, he's so young, he made a mistake. And other people saying, no, hang on a minute. This wasn't just any mistake. He's raped her. She was unconscious. It would be dangerous to have Abby take his side because we as viewers are clearly not supposed to take his side now. But who who would they throw under the bus to have? but, But isn't there some value in saying... You can, it, it's possible to be a good person and do a bad thing. I think Garen's a good person and he's done a bad thing. Yeah, he's he's made a real poor... I don't think one bad thing judgment. makes everything you've ever done bad. No. And I think it's so dangerous. And I think as a society, we're constantly being forced into this stupid idea that... If somebody does something you don't agree with, then you can't support anything they they ever do or, or say anything good about them ever. Mm. There's no nuance. There's there's only black and white, and that's that's a really dangerous, puritanical, scary way of thinking about people. Yeah. I'm not saying humanize people who victimize people. I'm not saying let's reassess. You know, I don't know. Jeffrey Dahmer, no. Although, actually, that's what, kind of what the TV show... Not that I finished watching it. But you know <laughs> what I mean? You, you, can, you can look at somebody as a human being and you can, and you can say, look... You, and it, the thing is, at the end of the day also, it's not down to us, it's down to Amy. Mm. What does she think about what's happened? We don't know yet. No, I, I wonder who Amy is going to confide in first. Because, because I, who's she got? She's got Summer. Is she going to go to Summer and say... Your, your boyfriend, boyfriend slept with me last night and I don't really remember. Summer's I don't gonna think be... Summer's going to get that. Summer's not going to be helpful. No, and she's not She's not going to go, what, Aaron, I, I kind of still love him. He wouldn't rape you. You slept with my boyfriend. So that's a really dodgy ground there to, yeah. to speak to, to her. Yeah. I don't, I, it feels like, I don't know whether her relationship with her mum and dad is close enough that she would go straight to them. I think she might eventually, but I think... She, she, when, when she was going through the pregnancy and everything, she didn't want to talk to them straight away, did well, she? Because it, it was Granny Liz that she confided in. Was it significant that we saw her with all of her peers? Maybe, you know, maybe. Is it Asher? I, I, Asher I, and Nina could be. In a way, I kind of hope so, because Asher and Nina and, and Adi have been be very useless. much on the sidelines. He's not... Adi, Adi will great. be useless in the storyline. No, okay, Ardy's, fine. Ardy's in this no, storyline, if maybe I'm, he If I'm Amy, I'm not going to be like, Ardy, can, can I talk to you for a minute? Mm. 
think about it. I, maybe it maybe it should be maybe it should be Asha then. Who who we just find out? Didn't you get some university offer or something this week? She's so. like, I don't care. I'm going to university. That's <laughs> what you said. Um, so I, yeah, I'm really interested to see. Do, yeah, does she just keep it to herself, or does she have a does she have a confidant? Is feel... Brian the the person in the middle? If Aaron tries to say Brian, this is what help it looked me, like from me. my point of view. Help me. Yeah, right. And then Amy's going to Brian saying, but I think you're... this, and I don't know whether Brian is um is capable of no. being able to deal with both of those if you're, if you're, at once. If you're Aaron, what the hell do you do now? Mm. What do you do now? It, uh, it depends how quickly he's willing to admit that he did something wrong and yeah, say sorry, true. but you know, saying Does sorry realize? doesn't really... Cut it. it no, and it doesn't. Like, but what, Amy, do, what should he do? I don't know. Amy's, Amy is going to feel so violated. Yeah. She trusted him. And she... She literally just fell asleep mm. and he did one of the worst things it's possible to yeah. do. And, and it, it is, I guess it's a lesson too to people who think that rape has to be violent mm. or um, it has to be with somebody who wouldn't want to sleep with you. Yeah. You know, there are so many different ways well yeah i mean uh, it, it's 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 a far cry from you know the the toyo rape uh, 20 years ago isn't I it i think the toyo rape was the sort of thing that people really the way people used to talk about rape yeah someone you know, getting attacked a woman walking around somewhere you know scary looking attacked by somebody she doesn't really know mm. that well and uh now we're seeing actually it's more likely that you'll be raped by somebody that you know already mm. And it you you and it you know odds are you you'll it'll be somewhere that you thought you were safe, which it, I mean it's horrible to say and it's scary to listen to, um, and you know we saw that video that um, Corey posted where um, oh with El- with Ellie yeah, yeah. And, and it's at the beginning of it it says one in four women have been raped or sexually assaulted as adults. I know, that was a shocking statistic there. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see. What? How long will this go, and what will the long term implications be for Amy? Because I, I feel like quite protective over Amy because she has been out of all of these teens, really, the character that we've seen grow up and develop the most. I know that you know Asha, played by Tanisha, has been in the show for just about as long, but not as such of a main character. But we we've seen this girl grow from a cute little sweet you know, mm. nine, ten-year-old to this, and, and, and now this has happened. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, feel fiercely protective over her. And I, I but I, in a way, I want the storyline to keep going. I want her to have, you know, her big, big story, but I don't want it to damage the character so much that she's not the same. And I certainly don't want her to go down the, the I'm this year's, you know, Sad, 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 crying sad woman. woman of the year, and everything <laughs> wrong always well, happens to me. Okay, yeah, but we are just to be obvious and clear about this. We are talking about a fictional character here. What? Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I, I just don't want people to run away with the idea that you know. I'm not saying she just anyway just get over react, it because it's exactly, not that very interesting to watch. Exactly. No. no, and this is the thing. This, yeah. I can't. I can't think at the moment because I have very little creativity in me at, at this time of night how this can stretch to a, that long a storyline but 
I kind of want it to just because I think that Amy is a fantastic character and I think that she deserves to have a, a big, big storyline. I think now is the time because her her, her pregnancy storyline, sorry, that was a bit of a dud, wasn't it? And that was over and done with in about a month, it felt like. This could be this could be the making of her, and she she's grown up now. It's just it was, I just thought it was funny, watching them, being adults. I thought it was so cute when they were all having their party. Yeah, but it was tragic because you knew something horrible was going to happen to you know. Mm. And the thing is about it is that I, I'm pretty sure that it's going to rip them all apart. Yes, as a friend group, because I don't know how they're going to fall. Yeah, I just people think are going to take sides. More, it's going to be a more interesting story if they do. Mm. And is is Ardy going to take Aaron's side as you know the only other guy in the group? Is is it going to be Asher on Amy's side? Ardy on Aaron's side, maybe. Nina's going to have to side with with Asher. with with Asher, but but maybe she I in her heart know. she's teaming with Aaron. I, don't, I I'm I'm really interested. I, all I can say is I I don't know. I don't know whether Aaron's going to come out of this in one piece because especially if he doesn't show repentance pretty quickly, I think that once you've been a rapist in Coronation <laughs> Street, you've got a bit of a shelf life. And, and I'm wondering whether, like, I can't remember when Aaron first came into the show, but it was, I'm going to say, you know, late spring last year, yeah. maybe, is is poor James Craven on a one-year contract that is soon going to go and and he's gonna leave the show being a rapist, for it sucks. As Gary, imagine somebody as young as him going, yeah, look at me, I'm in Coronation Street. I got I got a part on the biggest you know, British soap, and then and and I'm and I'm playing a nice guy, <laughs> and then a year so later, it's like off you go, rapist. Yeah, I mean it's it's repugnant, and um, yeah, I just want to say that they're all doing a fantastic job. Oh gosh, and yeah, I know yeah. that. Um, they are James all very, and, very capable. And they take this very seriously, this storyline, and they care very much about making sure that the, the issue is explored and the story is sen- sensitively done. Mm. And um, it, is, it is very tricky. And like we just said, you know, I'm thinking about everyone listening here. You know, that statistic we just said, there's going to be lots of people listening who have probably had this happen. Yeah. And that makes me so sad. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it, and it, I mean, I, I don't know what to say in it, in that to, to people. You know, I don't, I don't know what to say. No, but I, I hope that if it is of any comfort to you to see somebody um, overcome it or experience it, then this story might and, help and you. Amy, and some Amy people, will overcome it. And we some know, people will, have how. that, can watch something and and really um, feel empowered by watching their story happen on screen. And some people don't, some people don't. And, and if it's, if that's you, then I, you know, I think it's, it would probably be a good idea to skip, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don't make yourself watch something that's going to really gonna upset you. take you to too dark a I place. know, I know. You guys know, I, I've done st- that with stories before that upset me. Don't don't let it take you somewhere dark if if you're not if you if you're not prepared f- for that. Nobody can make you know mm. you you know better than anybody else where you are with it. Yeah. But um, it it what it's just it's it's a very interesting different storyline. And I I think a lot of people might 
I'm sure on Twitter they're going, oh, he went in that, oh, another rape story, oh, we just had David, oh, oh, you know, you know, Toya, oh, sexual assault, oh, woke, whatever. But it really is important to talk about these things. Mm. And I, I am just interested to see, like you say, about what happens with Aaron. I'm, it's, we've, we've now got I don't two. want anyone to come away from this thinking, I'm going, oh, you just think about the people that have done the rape. What about them? They're victims too. Obviously, that's not what I no. mean. But I want to see what will happen with, with Aaron. And it really, yeah, you're right. It's dependent on how much he recognises. Yeah. But again, for, for, for the purposes of the character, it would be good if he immediately realised he'd done something wrong and did whatever it took to help Amy. Mm. Um, but for a story about that, consent, it, that really can't happen, can it? Because no. otherwise it would just be like, every time anything do- anyone does anything on Corey, they go, I'm sorry. And the person says, never mind, it's not your <laughs> fault. And then, well, let's just agree to disagree. Would you like a cup of tea? No, I'm asleep. <laughs> doesn't work like that does it so i think he's gonna be in i think he's gonna deny he's gonna be in denial he's gonna be like well no yeah he's gonna say that she we can was say all the things it. that we said she might say yeah. so and i think that the way they've plotted it although it was clear that she wasn't up for it they they the way they presented everything made it uh, they made it easy for him to be able to say yeah and maybe. i think if you're if you've if you've experienced this yourself, I don't think you're going to enjoy watching us all wring our hands over poor Aaron and wonder how on earth he'll get over this. No. Um, it would be very cathartic to see Aaron immediately turn into a villain who denies and uh, continues to um, I, I... make the experience terrible, you know... It must. It's terrible to have this happen to you, but then to have somebody deny it happened to you, that that would be another mm. violation on top, wouldn't it? I, so, I just don't want them to change the character of Aaron too much. I, know, but I think the he's, thing is, he's going to say, "Well, I, I'm Aaron. I'm a nice guy. I, I know, of course, I wouldn't do something like that." This is the crossroads that you're they're at, isn't it? Because because it's one thing to make it an interesting story or to explore something. And it's another thing to go into this knowing full well how many people across the country are watching this who have had this happen to them and going, oh, but both sides, you know. Hmm. Is that helpful to the people that have experienced this? Or would a kind of retribution storyline where if you haven't experienced justice in your own life, you get to watch it happen to somebody, you know, Hmm. that would be really cathartic for a lot of people. Yeah. It's really tricky, and and you know, it's I think I'm going to trust Street. that they've done a good job. I hope it's not over quickly, because like I said, I don't a- know Amy's, if it needs to be dragged out. It doesn't need to be dragged out, but Amy's pregnancy storyline was a flub because it was over and done with. Even things like the upskirting, I last don't need year this to be a protest. Long... Oh, that everything. was silly. That was over far too quickly. I need it to be a, a good medium length story. I'm going to say, but I'm I'm fascinated by it. So whereas the Stephen storyline, I'm really interested in just what, for the, the scaffolding. No, no, the 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 Stephen drugging LSD oh, Carla Steve... factory. Yeah. I'm interested in just for the, the campy silliness of it. This is like pure character, I hope. Um, is it character or is it issues? 
I think that's what it boils down but to. If they get it right, this could be a good good balance of both, I would hope. And wow. I don't want them to just change the characters to fit the storyline. I, I think they've chosen some really good characters to play this out with. Yes, yeah. good actors. And um, like I said before, if, if they're doing an issue-based storyline that everyone feels comfy watching and nobody has any questions about, then it's not really worth doing. No, no. <laughs> shall we shall we move on it's honestly that was really hard to talk about and again it, it's one of these things i never thought i'd be on a podcast talking about i, th- I think i think you did a good job there i don't actually. know um hey Gemma. pull <laughs> <laughs> my finger i shan't every week it's gonna be like this pull my finger this is a bit of a dull story i did say was it last week when his fingers started getting a bit wonky with the darts i was like oh this is kind of interesting what's happening with paul but but my own kind of overall impression with it this week was oh he's got funny fingers oh no poor him and now he's being mr i think this is interesting are you, are you reading this or am I? Uh, this is this is your well, turn. Well, then you can be quiet one. if you don't like it. Okay. On Monday, Paul is struggling to tie sh- shoes at work, and it's not just to do with his general. <laughs> I'm used to Velcro, and my mum's <laughs> bought me a new pair of lace up shoes. He nearly chops his hand off. Oh yeah, he does this on was... the rotary. Store. I I was I was didn't know where to look. He was uh, he had. I his... did. I was like, of course he's not gonna. This isn't you know. I this wonder isn't a if slasher he might. Movie. I wonder if he might cut himself a little bit. I was very worried. Um, somehow Ed saw through his back <laughs> that he was going about to chop his his, yeah. his hand off. This is yeah, just that that would have been a good um, you know, I'd have been more interested in the story if he had accidentally chopped his hand off, and then well, the story is been? how does he cope without a hand? <laughs> I mean, already it is it is his right hand, isn't it? Is he right handed? Good job he's got a boyfriend now. No. You know. <laughs> so Paul's. Paul decides that it'd be a good idea, even though he can't use both his hands, to try to chop something in half with a saw. And it and his, Ed stops him and sends him home. So when he goes home, he says to Billy, I nearly chopped my bloody hand off. <laughs> um, I felt It's felt funny since the accident. And Billy's like, what? It's a soap accident. You're normally fine. <laughs> you literally you, just fell off a bike. You fell off a bike. You weren't even in the car. Audrey, Audrey had a bike land on her the Audrey other day. Audrey was under that bike fine. for hours. Yeah. <laughs> you were under it for minutes. Just, just and Billy's like, look, take Paul. it easy. Take some time no. off off work. And Paul's like, now I promised Gemma I'd give her, what was it, £4,000 oh, for I'm a gas so, bill. I'm so good. I'm so lovely. Oh, Paul, I'm so charitable. Everybody loves All me. All right. Mm. So he goes round to number five and he says, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Gem. Um, I I can't help you with the money because now I, I can't go to work. And this is the trouble about the fact, you know, Paul's not, Paul's a contractor, isn't he? He's kind of self-employed by, but I, by I Ed. Well, he, well, if, it, if he was a proper employee, then Ed would have to pay him sick leave, but he doesn't. A very good point. So this is the trouble about, about that kind of work. Mm. It's very, very tricky. Um... So he says, yeah, sorry, I didn't want to let you down, but I, I can't do any more work. And Gemma says, why don't you sue Carla? And he says, I don't want, really want to. But if I, I don't really want Carla's it. already got another storyline she's involved can in. Can she be in two storylines? Can story she do lines? two? Oh, yeah, that's a bit do of an ask you think she'd pay me off her? so she doesn't have to do two storylines? <laughs> so he goes, uh, Paul goes around um, to see Ed again and says, I can't afford not to work. I need to support my family. And Ed okay, says... Left-handed jobs for me. I know, it's like, can you not do some paperwork with your left hand? <laughs> um, Paul, Ed says, I understand, but you can't, 
work here until you got a clean bill of health. So you got to go to the. I'll keep your job open for you. I like you sounded like you said a clean bell of health. Is that like the bell that you ring at the end of your cancer treatment? Like, dong, you can go back to work again. Maybe. <laughs> back at the flat, flat later, Paul and Billy are talking about liability claims. And Dee Dee's like, I know about laws. You should definitely sue Carla for the negligence. You could get tens of thousands of pounds. And Paul's like, what? Yeah, that sounds great. Could you be my lawyer, but please? not for greed, because, oh no, not St. Paul. Think of all those tens of thousands of pounds. Think of how many, how much that can heat at the number five with their, new, with their extortionate it's, gas all right. bill. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it just really rubbed me out the wrong way this On week. Wednesday, why are you so mad about it? I don't know. We'll talk it's about it in a minute. Yeah. What, what? Nothing, no, no, go on. Um... Oh, there's something else you were going to tell me later on, earlier on. I, I, told oh, I told you. I told you. It's about the Brian being the confidant for Aaron. Okay. Potentially. On Wednesday, um, he goes to see Dr. Gabbis and she says, Paul, you've got a bruised nerve. It could take anywhere from one block of stories to ten. <laughs> well, she says something like it could take up to three months yeah. to, um, to recover. If at Gabbass all. Gabbass looking sharp as always, I have to say. fabulous. Mm-hmm. And she, he's like, oh no, what about my hand? I need it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, D- Gemma's, Gemma goes with him and Elf. she says, please help. D- please, or Dee Dee needs to help what, why, you. Why did Gemma go to the doctors with her brother? Is that not a bit weird? I don't know. Is well, it a twin thing? It's not to do with his penis, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be. You won't let me talk. (laughs) Carla tells Peter that it turns out that she wasn't actually insured to drive the van and she certainly wasn't insured to drive over people with it. (laughs) And Paul goes over to... Peter goes over to see Paul and says, how are you doing? And he's like, my hand hurts still. I feel bad about it, but I do need to get compensation and and I'm going to have to go after Carla. And Peter says, would you like £15,000? But if I give you the £15,000, you can't come back and ask for any more. That's the end of it. Fifteen grand done. And Paul's like, yeah, great. So he gets the money. He tells Dee Dee. And Dee Dee's like, what the hell? D- Number one, we don't know how long you're going to be out of action for. Number two, I'm your lawyer. Half of that is mine. Hmm. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. She hasn't mentioned fees or anything. No. Dee Dee's fee fees. Yeah, so um, you you need to give it back. This could be serious nerve damage. We need to actually find out what the diagnosis probably properly is before you accept money. So in the pub later, Paul says to Peter, I'll give you the money back because uh, Dee Dee says we need to wait a bit longer. Then Dee Dee talks to Carla and says, give me your insurance details so we can get the money off of them. And Carla says, I wasn't insured. And Dee Dee says, in that case, we're going to have to sue you. Oh. <gasps> So this was this turned from a victimless crime, you know, taking back off the insurance companies mm. to specifically targeting Carla, which is a bit awkward. Especially when she's going through one or two financial issues of her own at the factory at the moment. So I'm, I'm kind she, of thinking that these stories will properly merge at one point. That extra five percent that they got out of the North American deal for yeah, wacky, for nipper snapper, wacky races or whatever it was, then mm. that will come in handy, won't it? Yeah. Gemma and Paul talk about it in the Rovers later and he's like, I just want to get back to work. I don't want to do any of this. I just want my hand to be fine. And she says, don't worry, we might end up with loads of wonga. On Friday, Paul sees Ed in a cafe 
and says he's going to get booked on a course of physio. Oh, it made me laugh because when they go to see Dr. Gaddis, Paul's like, what do you mean it's going to take three months? Can I make it go faster? What can I do? And Dr. Gaddis says, I can ask the physio if, if they've got any open spaces, but they're, they're usually quite booked up. I'll just go. She never comes back. No. Which makes me think that she's like, oh, damn it. It's going to be about four months before you can even get a physio. It's not, not, not bother. So um, Paul tells Ed about this physio course and then he gets, oh, he gets a text message. He runs to the bank, goes to number five and he gives Chesney a big wad of cash because it turns out he, in his infinite wisdom, which is why I wasn't convinced he could tie his shoes before his hands went wonky, he's got a loan out because he knows he's going to get the compo. So he's going to get the loan out, pay it off when the compo comes in. But in the meantime, here's the money to pay a gas bill. And Chelsea's like, no, I can't take this. And Paul's like, no, I insist. Then um, Chesney gives Ed a free kebab for telling Paul that his job was open for him until his hand is fixed. Then they talk about the money with Billy, who's there, and he's confused. Why has Paul got, got all this money? So back at home, Billy confronts Paul about the money and says, don't take a loan out. And Paul's like, I can't let my family freeze to death, can I? Don't tell me what to do. I'm a grown man. That's the end of the story for this week. Managed to managed to stretch across three episodes. I think this is interesting because it, it cuts into a lot, of, you know, cost of living crisis, um, the gas and energy bills. Where there's a blame, there's a claim. The, the fact that um, they were... He, Paul doesn't really want to do this, but he's being forced into it. I, I find that very interesting because I, I would feel the same way. I wouldn't want to take money off people i know I, I would feel the same as well i just i just don't think paul is in any way a compelling character so so if it's to do with the fact that it's him really that i've got a bit of a problem with it I remember, but every, remember... every time that they try and make paul be a do-gooder i'm like no you came into the street as a bit of a dodgy guy uh, ish i know i know I it's like honestly bit... it's like oh oh i'll give you the money but only for for the lovely children and my sister so so wonderful and lovely but People really you know across... he'd be buying himself a second unicorn onesie as soon as he gets his hands on that cash <laughs> and it would be Del Monte encrusted no I just think that people who come across as too selfless it doesn't feel it just make, right it just it? winds me up it just sounds fake it, it, it is I don't think anyone's you know whiter than white like that and yeah he's a really nice guy but it just it it doesn't strike me doesn't strike me as being really true. My stomach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I've, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fussed by it. I have to say, um, I'm, I'm sure that it is going to lead to more financial ruin for Carla. Well, it's um, going to lead sure. to financial ruin for Paul if he's taken out a loan and he doesn't actually have any way of paying it off. Oh well. I don't. It, I don't know. I mean, I know that Coronation Street. There's, there's not really a way to explain this in a in a in a way that makes sense and people are struggling with their gas bills but there's no way that Gemma and the quads are gonna freeze to death they're not gonna turn off the heating no um and so they don't need to pay the it's not like they're adding I don't think they add interest to it today I don't if know. you owe them money I mean they certainly don't give it to you if you if they owe you money I, 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 I got no idea. So they can wait. No they don't interest. need the money that instant. They don't. He doesn't need to have taken this loan out. I just worry that... that oh, I, the thing I worry about is that they haven't talked through any possible solutions to Gemma and Chesney's 
problem with having all this debt mm. on their on their electricity bill. Well, even if he's gonna, I know that there aren't. He's gonna that pay many... a load of money if he, if and then that's just gonna get in debt again. Probably. I know they? that there's not that many solutions, but there are more than none. Mm. And the other thing that I think is is a bit irritating is Billy just going, "Not my problem, not my problem." Sorry, Archdeacon. This these parishioners of yours who are raising ch- children in poverty mm. are you not had much in the collection plate recently billy can, that you could maybe you get spare them a, get them a heat pump like you keep bloody going on about heat pumps all the time yeah suddenly you don't know heat pump to be seen anywhere yeah maybe maybe todd can steal them once. you'd think he would go oh i'll ask the i'll ask everyone at sunday service if they can do a special uh, charity drive to get you some money for to pay your bill off that's the sort of thing that a, a vicar or an archdeacon surely would love to do to get in the papers he's too to say, busy serving soup at... to the homeless sorry 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 Gemma if you wanted some soup I could help you out but you would have to eat it out <laughs> yourself but I guess you can't no I don't know and what's happened to all her money she's getting off of babysitting for everybody she's getting 35 pounds yeah that's per a very good point very day. good point well, you know, it doesn't cost she's losing money pounds. because Sally's stealing Glory away to try and trick Faye into thinking that she wants to be a mum, isn't she? It's like, Faye's like, what do you mean? I get £35 for every day I look after my own kid. <laughs> I didn't know this. Right, I'm going to move on to the next story. It may, maybe that's going to be a bit more inspiring next week, but um, I, I'm totally not at the moment. Sorry but if what... anybody hears weird noises. My stomach's making weird noises. Yeah, Gemma, Gemma's, Gemma's bubbling away down there. But it is from not her tum- down there. Not that, not that far down. Um, all right. What is interesting me more is look who's stalking. I'm going to say yeah, that this... Yeah, me too. The cake samples. <laughs> this... Oh, gosh. Yeah, this had Gemma as well, didn't it? I, I don't think that compared to previous weeks, this was as high up there in the drama stakes. But it was going along nicely. So Daisy on Monday gets a message from the wedding caterer saying, oh, we're getting some cake through samples through today. Fantastic. There's nothing I like more at the moment, says Daisy. It's getting deliveries. <laughs> because surely it couldn't be Justin again that's delivering to me. He's the only delivery man in Weatherfield. And um, Daniel, meanwhile, is telling her, look, you need to you need to talk to the police about Justin confronting you. Because if you remember last Friday night... He threw chips on the ground. Exactly, exactly. It was high drama. I forget some High drama there the last ground. week. And next scene of this story, we've got the cake delivery. And what do you know? It is Justin who comes. And she's like, I can't believe you're sitting... What are you doing here? After what happened last Friday, now you're delivering me these rhubarb and custard cakes or whatever they are. Was that what it was? Dis- well, disgusting. That was the winning flavour. Why, why would you do that? What do you mean? Why would you have a rhubarb and custard how wedding you, cake? It you, sounds rank. How do you imagine it tastes? How do you imagine it's made? Oh, with rhubarb. Yeah. Why would you want rhubarb in a wedding cake? Sorry, that's almost... In my book, that's as bad as having something as out there as fruitcake as a wedding I cake. Plain, no... plain sponge was good enough for me at our wedding, lass. We didn't even eat our wedding cake. I don't... Still to this day, don't know what happened to it. We didn't have a single piece of it. I had a little bit of oh, it. Oh, well, you must have been the only one. I, I had a little bit, but no, rhubarb... And, that's... That I can would see, be nice. I can see Daniel maybe going for that, just so that he can think that nice he's doing better. custard patisserie... No. Creme patisserie filling. Not that Boston cream pie that I make. Oh, yeah, that's That Nigella Lawson one, that's got a nice custard... 
middle. You wouldn't even notice if it tasted the cake tasted a rhubarb because it wouldn't touch the sides. I think you that, swallow it whole. I think that Daniel likes the idea of having a rhubarb and custard cake just because so he can keep this pretentious um, air about him. He'd <laughs> be like, "What flavour wedding cake did you have?" Oh, well. Raisins. Oh, you didn't ask, mm. but I had rhubarb and custard. <laughs> and I don't know about that. But anyway, anyway, that, that doesn't happen. Uh, what do yeah. you mean doesn't happen? No, that, 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 that's later, isn't well, it? Well, he's delivered the cake. Yeah, he's Justin's the delivered cake. the cake. And then he, and he scarpers once Daniel shows up, doesn't he? So they're, they're, they're inside and they're worried that these cakes might be poisoned. So Gemma's like, I got a stomach lined with lead me. Let me to be your cake tester. And um, just as a special treat... To all the guys and girls on Digital Spy forums that loved the scenes of Gemma stuffing her face with cake and eating with her mouth full, we were treated to at least a minute-long scene of her just trying all these different cakes. And, um... It... It, 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 it was probably off, funny Dolly to Rose be Campbell. There. I do not know how much cake she had how to eat... How many takes did that... To get through. I mean, you wouldn't know that she... Uh, you know, she hmm. was giving it as good as she... Could. Yeah, she she was she was, but um, you know, gross out Gemma has not been my favourite Gemma. I have to say, we we found a little bit of trivia about this. Did you see? You you, you I don't know whether you noticed the reply, but you tweeted that the uh, yeah. the red what's it called the red bakery velvet. red velvet. Oh no no, no. what are you talking red about? butterfly right. bakery is that what it's called that provides the cakes for Coronation Street? And you asked them whether they had to make a rhubarb and custard cake, and I they do said know. no. It was just a Victoria sponge because they didn't think anyone would want to eat the rhubarb and custard cake. I just remembered that now. So anyway, Gemma's there stuffing her face full of cake. You missed the other reply because I named all the cake flavors, and they said I had a good eye. You do have a good eye because I know darling. cake by looking at it. You don't even like cake, though, do you? You're not a cake eater. I really am not. No. And I, I feel I feel like it. I I feel bad about it because it feels like one of those things like Daniel would say. I don't really eat cake because I'm too advanced. I I don't understand what your problem with cake is. I don't I don't want to have a problem with cake. I'm just not into sweet things anymore. Anyway, anyway, possibly sadly for some Coronation Street viewers, the cake is not poisoned. Although Demma Demma <laughs> does end up reclining on the sofa, oh. groaning with her stomach out. I think doesn't she? So Daisy 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 heads out the back for some fresh air, and he, she ends up being found by Daniel in the cafe later, and he's like saying, "Look, I know this is I know this is really tough, everything that you're going through, but honestly, you need to rise above this." And she says, "I just I just don't feel safe knowing that Justin's out there, and he could just be." here's the solution Daisy don't open the door no and and like we said didn't we say on the podcast last week number one is the house that's supposed to have the ring doorbell yeah they would have a video check who the him. delivery boy is before you before you open the door that's not the solution if you're being no, no, stalked it's, it's not but there's ways and means of making it slightly what does less. Daniel say he's going to do he says he's going to ring the delivery company and stop the delivery he's like I went onto Twitter and everyone keeps saying why don't Daisy and Daniel so I'm going to do it then. Yes. So, um, but unfortunately, thank you for providing yes. my, my, Continue. My con- con- they weren't helpful. They weren't very helpful. They said, look, just put your complaint in writing. And Daniel's like, writing, you say? That's my forte. Dearest Although I don't know whether he actually does madam. that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he, he talks to Ken about the situation later and he's kind of worried for Bertie's safety as well. He says, Daisy's turned into a quivering wreck and Ken's like, well, you know, you'll get Ken's through like, I don't this. Care. Can we have a bit of cake, please? Wednesday, um, 
Daisy is stressing again because today's drama is that her hairstylist has had to back out. When is this wedding? I say Wednesday, I mean Thursday. Isn't it May? May Why has she got May? to have her hairstylist now? She gotta just she's gotta get it all sorted who it's gonna be and everything. I know traditionally on Coronation Street it is always Maria Audrey or, or Maria that do anyone's wedding hair. Um, but apparently she's too good for that. <laughs> that was a funny scene, wasn't it? She was there slagging off Maria to Jenny because Jenny's like, "Don't worry, love, I've, I've booked oh, Maria yeah, for yeah, you." Yeah, the hairstylist is not doing it anymore. Yeah, so, so Jenny, she has to Jenny, get an alternative. Yeah, I'm explaining this perfectly oh. well. I believe she has to get an alternative, and then J- Jenny's like, "Got you, Maria," and 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 Daisy's saying, "Oh, not many Maria." She said, "The Queen of the Blue Rinse Spirit." Um, Okay, I'm not explaining this very well at all. No, you the Queen on. of the Blue Rinse Brigade. And I don't. if I wanted a curly perm or whatever, then I'd go to her. But no, well, I don't want her for my wedding. And then and then we have the uh, Maria walks up behind her. And I quite liked how they did the... Uh, J- Daisy was saying... Uh, Jenny says she's behind you. And Daisy's like, no, you're not fooling me with that. But she really was. And Maria hears herself getting slagged off. But they end up going back to the... I uh, know, but... Daisy goes to the salon later with a tail between her legs, doesn't she? Just to try and because despite the fact that this wedding is is months away, Maria is her only chance now. So she goes there to talk wedding hair and um, it ends up turning into a conversation about the stalking and everything. And they they bond over shared storylines because Maria also had her fair share of stalking last year. And and her parting sage advice to Daisy is you need to get this sorted, missus, before you end up dead in a ditch so <laughs> nobody wants that friday um they... she says to her i had a stalker and he put a tracking device in my handbag he did so don't worry about that because they won't use that twice <laughs> she's like i was a stalker once i stalked tyrone so let me tell you the inside stalker. So I know why don't you stalk him back yeah nice nice double stalk <laughs> Um, so Daisy on Friday talks to Jenny about this chat with Maria, how she's inspired her to go to the police station and demand a protection order. Is is it called something else? A, a stalking protection order, which is basically the police saying no more stalking, otherwise you're going to prison or something like that. Well, it's a good job we looked this up. You can look it up if you want to. Stalk and protection order, qu'est-ce que c'est? It's not a stalk so, and protect order. No. That's what he thinks he's doing already. <laughs> so later on, Daisy's been granted a hearing next week. So that's lovely. So the storyline's going to be ramping Ooh, up next had week. Oh, last minute cancellation. Last minute cancellation at the courts, probably. She wants Adam to represent her and Adam says, oh, well, yeah, shouldn't they get your hopes up? You've got to have a lot of evidence for this. And Daisy, Daisy has got a lot of evidence at this point, hasn't he? Adam's well, still saying, oh, it's not really a crime. He hasn't really done anything. And... I just find that very difficult to believe. This is the sort of thing that I was saying about coercive control, though. What? Because a lot of it is... Not all of it, but some of it is your perception of what's happening to you. Mm. And you, anyone could say, this person keeps following me around, but it would be incredibly detrimental to society if you could slap a restraining order on everybody just because you didn't like them and then they now they can't go to Tesco. Do you see yeah, what I'm no, saying? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, it is your perception of what's happening to you because, uh, I mean, Justin is doing the sort of thing that used to be the lead character's job in 90s rom-coms. 
And at the yeah, end just of the to, film... To bug the woman into submission. And at the end of the film, she'd go, all right then. <laughs> Give us a I slog. guess I do love you. Yeah. yeah I was I know, just I know. playing hard to get. <laughs> um, so anyway... Um, Daisy's mum turns up. Christine turns up, which was a bit of a surprise. I, like I wasn't her. expecting her to be back until the wedding. I think she's great. Uh, when she was in a month or so ago, I remember enjoying her. But in the intervening weeks, I thought, what was so good about her? She's got such a winning and smile. She does. She's just got a great presence. She's a really kind of... She comes across to me as like a proper, solid, dependable... Warm. Believable. Well-rounded mm. character... And and straight away she's in there sniping at Jenny, isn't she? With a, a couple of uh, remarks. Have you, have you found? I just remembered where? one thing that Adam did say to them was that it has to be an explicit threat of violence. Yeah. And I don't think he's actually done that that she can prove. No, I mean there there are some text messages he well, sent. Well, that was that, that one that said, inferred, you know, yeah, exactly. better off dead if and so am I or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. this I found this on BurtonCopeland.com and Go it on. says stalking is not actually defined in law but police and crown prosecution service describe it as a pattern of unwanted fixated and obsessive behavior which is intrusive it can include harassment that amounts to stalking or stalking that causes fear of violence or serious alarm or distress to the victim okay I don't know. and the stalking See, protection this is the order? thing it's not that easy it it's not that easy to prove it because it's a, it's not it's not the same as like, like i said it's not the same as somebody got stabbed well definitely i can tell a crime was committed because you're not supposed to have a stab on you <laughs> do you see yeah so you i'm just saying on the ipad there that if you get a stalking protection order made against you it doesn't mean you've got a criminal record you've just got it's an to... interim stalking protection order and it can um like you, it's about two. It says two years, and it can last two yeah, years. It's just an official leave her alone. And yeah, it's sake. one of these things where I think it either you can either have it to say don't come near this person, or you have to go and get a mental health check, or you're not allowed to take drugs or alcohol. Mm. Not to take drugs anyway. No. So. Um... Christine is. I think that's her only scene tonight. I'm, I'm guessing that she. Christine is there was for... there to go. Well, women these days... Oh, yeah, that's right. She did, didn't she? Women these days they don't want a cup of tea. They don't want chocolates. Mm. Yeah, she she thinks that Daisy's making a mountain out of a molehill of this. And that was the same stance that she took a few weeks ago. But that kind Oh, it's of... important to have somebody like Christine. Yeah. Because um, she represents lots of people who think the same way. Mm. Kind so... of everybody saying, oh, no, how terrible. Because some people would say not really a big deal though is it <laughs> exactly exactly so uh, then we have a really lovely scene with uh, daisy going into the back room with jenny and, and they're talking about it and she's like you don't think i'm, I'm you know tt or anything do you and jenny's like no way um and then uh, daisy starts getting a load of texts from justin so somehow he's got hold of her new number and i haven't got any kind of theories around that one yet well i wondered whether it was something to do with the court case how well do, do you did they have to provide some kind of well, say say you say you accuse somebody of something. The police come and say you've been accused of a crime, and you say who by? They're not going to go. Oh, it's secret. Wouldn't you like to know? Yeah, they probably I'd... tell them. But they're not going to say here's the phone number of the person that you spoke that's accusing you know. of stalking them. Maybe they them. accidentally put it down, written it down somewhere. Maybe it's like prove you're not a stalker. Here's her phone number, and if you can stop yourself from texting her, then we'll let you off. Yeah. And he's like, he's I'll, like... I'll, t- I'll take that challenge, and like no. 
Oh, Don't damn it. it. Five minutes later, there you go. So he's got a load of texts. But basically, no, he texts her to say he's not happy about this court summons, understandably. And, and Daisy's like, no, I need to do what oh, I need to do. Go. Screenshot the message. And then she, she just has a, a big old... She dissolves into tears in Jenny's arms. And I, and like I thought that. that was lovely. Jenny they being a, a... hug. That was a proper, like, she was the mum, mum and daughter... That, yeah moment and, and that was the mum she needed we, we've not seen, the mum she had yes we've seen lots of Jenny kind of kind of telling her off a little bit as a mum or, or saying right you, you've gone too far this time lady but a lot of the time it feels like there's a more of a matey relationship between them isn't there and this was this was a proper I got your girl sort of scene and, and I, I liked that to end the episode in order to get a stalking protection order there are three stages Okay. I want to know them all. You have to be satisfied with three criteria, according to Burton Copeland. Right. The respondent is carrying out acts associated with stalking, like uh, posting on the social media, turning up where they work, sending flowers or gifts um, that they should know that the person doesn't want. Yeah. Okay. Then this court must be satisfied that the respondent poses a risk associated with stalking to the other person in respect of physical or psychological harm or causing damage to property psychological harm. can she prove that she she needs to go to dr gaddis and say look i'm stressed out she needs to have some kind of breakdown doesn't she, she chuck a to, few glasses around the road being psychologically affected everyone um, keeps going like Dan maybe she like, just she's needs, always bloody going on about it and crying. maybe she just needs to show her phone records that so that she phoned up the itv helpline advice yeah. number yeah. Like, look yeah. i phoned the number that Corrie told me to phone yeah. so it's clearly saying go wrong here and the third criteria which seems like the most important one is that which seems a bit redundant though the the third criteria for the making of the full order is that the court must find that it is necessary to make the order to protect another that seems like a um waste of time extra one really I think if you tick number one and two, then number three is going to come naturally. But okay, fine. So we let's let's wait until next week to find out what happens here. It this was ticking along nicely, but in some of the the other stories that were also ticking along and it wasn't that interesting, this still retained my interest, and I'm very very excited to see what happens next week. So it feels like it's building up to something. Um, before we move on, do you want to do you want to say your what your, your your what you noticed? In the bar. Well, I, I always like to see Jenny sitting on her throne behind. Yes. As the queen of the Rovers. A la Bet Lynch. Yeah, she's got her little chair that she sits on, which is not dissimilar to the chair that our laptop is balancing Currently on. Currently balancing on, As yes. we record this. And um, then along comes... Um, Daisy. Daisy, gosh. <laughs> dragging a little, smaller, slightly smaller chair yeah, as the princess, princess chair. sitting next to her. And I, I thought that, that was great. I thought it was really, yeah, I really like this. Yeah. Although to be honest, if I were, if I was like uh, Gemma or Sean or something, I think I'd have my nose put out a joint. Oh, a what's bit. this? A nepo baby? Well, it is, isn't it? Really, she's been working there for what year and a half or so, maybe, and and now she's she's literally second in command, whereas Sean's been working there for the best part of twenty years or so. I'd be put out if I was him. And he's still only junior barmaid. <laughs> he is, he is. Right, um, let, let's whiz past, uh, let's whiz through these final stories then. So we've got, the, like Faye, they've got the Faye storyline, Gemma. You, you enjoyed Faye's stuff last week. I mean, last oh. year. How did you find it this week? Let me tell you what Go happened. On, then. Michael puts his foot in it because he's going on about having a kid. And then he's like, oh, sorry, I know you can't have a kid. And Faye's like, shut up, I don't care. Leave me alone. I'm happy as I am. Later on, 
Faye tells Sally the reason she's been snappy about it is because Jackson's been in touch. Now, Jackson is the father of Miley and the Hodges, his mum and dad, took him and Miley to Canada. Yes, so so Faye um, gave birth. I think, was it like seven years they gave us the time frame in this week's episode? It feels like yesterday. It feels like not that long ago. It really, I remember talking about, and we were like really into that storyline and, and with Craig and everything. So, he, so, they, funny so she gave the baby up. up voluntarily. She didn't want to raise the no. child and they wanted to take uh, the baby. So, But now he's back and he wants to get in touch with Faye again. And she's not happy about this. She doesn't want to talk to him. She deletes the message. And Sally's like, why did you do that? You could play a part in Miley's life. And Faye says, look, I don't know how I'd feel. I don't want to to think I want a child. I can't take back what I've done. I'm happy with my decision, but I don't want to be made to regret it. She's thinking, if I see this, if I see my child, I might then wish I could have one. And I've, I've already decided I can't. I know I can't. I've gone through this early menopause. Mm. I'm, I'm infertile. I don't want to stir up any feelings. Exactly. So um, she tells Sally not to tell Tim or Craig. But that doesn't mean that Sally's not going to try to meddle anyway. Sally's like, don't worry, neither of them are in it this week. So don't worry, they won't care. I checked the call sheet, we haven't got either of them. Thursday, Faye is telling Sally that she doesn't want to see Miley, just so we remember. And then Sally offers to babysit Glory for Michael so that she can trick Faye into wanting to contact Jackson. Devious plot. Um, so Sally, Sally takes um, Glory home and when Faye comes downstairs, Sally's like, hello, I'm getting a phone call. What's that, Tim? I must go right now. Okay, sorry, <laughs> Faye, I've got to leave you faking, with the baby. Faye knows straight away that she's faking, doesn't she? So Sally gets back and I thought this was quite sinister. Sally comes back and Faye's there. Where's the baby? Very good point. Faye's like, I'm super serious when I told you I didn't want a baby. And to prove it, I've put Glory in the bin. <laughs> Flushed her down the low. So she says, I know what I don't want and I know what I want and I don't want a kid. Stop trying to manipulate me. Yes. And so it's like, oh, I can't believe I was that transparent. Um, so do you think that she does not want a kid? I mean, the, it's very... the, there's, no, there's, there's no way of her having a kid naturally is there but there is always the option of adoption and fostering or or, or murdering jackson that so she can have miley back but what, what do you think does she want one it's such a shame that jackson's not a young mother because he'd be dead now yeah i know i know i don't know i i'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking that she's that she's probably gonna see miley and then yeah now they might, mentioned it it might you know twinge something inside that little heart of hers i thought it was quite refreshing that she has currently still sticking with the view of I don't want this kid rather than the maybe more predictable route of her going, oh yeah, every, I do every have night a baby. I lay I there at night and I think about back. Miley. I, I, it's always refreshing because there's so many characters that just naturally, you know, want to have a kid and it's really... showing that not all young children, not, not sorry, not, not children, not all young adults want to have a kid. I know, but Coronation Street won't let this go. I don't think Coronation Street can believes that a woman could not want a child. I know. I do kind of get the and feeling I'm that at the end of the storyline, sure she's going to have a she's child. She's going to learn a lesson that every woman needs a baby. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how, and I don't know who. I, I, I don't be want so refreshing Jackson if to Faye be killed just, off. It would be so refreshing if Faye was met up with Miley and said, um, I'll send you a Christmas card. It's 20 quid. I missed your birthday last year. Anyway, see you later. Mm. 
And then she went, great, fine. I mean, Faye's acting like I've I've decided I don't want children because I can't have children and it's easier for me to say I don't want them. Yeah. I, I wonder... just And it's not just Coronation Street that does this either. Every single fiction... Like, I feel like almost every single time I see anything in fiction where there's a woman who hasn't got a baby, instead of it being just that's that's the fact, it's like, that's a challenge. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, I know what you mean. What did you think about um what Sally was... her Sally's behaviour? Sally's Trying to manipulate because, her. You know, she, it's in a way, she's trying to get a grandkid out of her. Yeah. Yeah, but, basically. But it's not actually... You know, she's not biologically related to Faye, but she's married to, to Tim, who's Faye's yeah, dad. She's, so yeah, she's, she's... She doesn't really see her as a daughter that much, but she... Is no, it, it, it's, it's weird strange. because I I look at the relationship between Sally and Faye and think they don't they don't have ever anything to do with each other. Why is Sally being like... so motherly towards her? But then I'm also thinking, well, off screen, what we're not seeing, Sally's and Faye have been living together for years now, and I think yeah, maybe she would naturally feel a bit more maternal towards her than we might expect Faye's, depending on how much screen time they've shared. Sally's relationship feels a bit more like the relationship you would have with a step parent that you met as an adult. Yeah. But Faye met Sally when she was much, much younger. Yeah, Faye was like 14 when she came so into the show. So I don't know she? if that, maybe that's a transitional period in your life so perhaps she doesn't really no, think of Sally as a, as a mother figure. Because mm. she already had a mum. Yeah, she did. And speaking of which, I mean... This is this is the problem that Corey have to contend with. Whenever they have a story where your parents probably would naturally be around or they'd come around to visit or whatever, but we're not having Anna Windas back on the show, are we, presumably? Um, right, let's move on. Anyway, Sorry, but we're running... I, uh, you said you didn't want to talk about it. Um, you're not having Anna Windas back, so Sally's got a medal where she can and... I, I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I really think this is just reminding us. It is. It's going to build into and something. F- and I assume we'll have Craig go pitters to Hankneth in next week as well. Um, so the Bill storyline was literally... I don't know whether this is should be part of another storyline or what, but Kevin gets a phone call on Wednesday, Thursday, sorry, to say that his dad, lovely Bill, has had a heart attack and he needs to go over to Germany to go and sort him out and Debbie finds out and and even Carl, the third Webster sibling, gets a mention, doesn't he? So this is the like the half-brother of Kevin who's Bill's the dad of Carl and the woman who, Elaine was it, that Bill married after when when not Kevin and Elaine. Debbie were, not that Elaine, when Kevin and Debbie were teenagers, he had another kid with him. So that was weird. And I think lots, like, probably I'm going to say 95% of of viewers are going to say, who on earth's Carl there? But a lot of people are going to say, who's he's never, Bill? He's never even been in the show. Well, possibly. It's been a long time. It's been a so good 10 years or so, hasn't it? Peter Armitage. Played he, Bill has died yeah. five years ago yeah he died in 2017 i think so he's not going to be coming back for this storyline well it was interesting that they've decided to kill him off the character now because you would think that if you hadn't mentioned it in the show you're saving it for a reason yeah there's got so to be some this reason is it to is it to get either of these actors some time off work because but, we know Coronation Street likes to do a very clumsy write-out sometimes. But or neither it... Mike Lavelle nor Sue Devaney need time off work. Um, you have well, no, no idea no, no, what you're no, talking no, about. No, sorry. I'm, I'm saying for... Um, because they have appeared in lots of episodes. You're absolutely right. They could have some other reason for I know, it. But, but it's not like they need a break from all the 
scenes that they've been in recently. But I will say, neither Kevin nor Debbie need to be written out because we didn't see them anyway, so yeah. why would we... I mean, Abby wasn't in it for five months no. and she didn't get written out. I'm wondering whether they're going to bring in the character of Carl. Not that they need another character well, at all. Well, that could be good. Another Webster. Another Webster, possibly. Well, what are they doing? Yeah, what are they doing this for? I don't know. Is it going to be another way of Kevin getting more money? I mean, Debbie does need more money at the moment and, and, and Bill... He could have amassed a fair amount, couldn't he? Because he's been, you know, business owner and everything. Rich Is it going to be to do with family, just a family bonding? I don't know. But it did at least serve one purpose, which was to remind viewers that Kevin and Debbie were brother and sister. <laughs> because you would be forgiven for having no idea about this. Kind of the gruff, grumpy <laughs> mechanic and the and the, the lavender haired fierce yeah like they they never have any scenes together do they as brother and sister that they're, they're not linked at all so it's I nice to have a reminder anyway if it's to bring back rosie let's hope let's hope speaking of brothers Gemma, here's a nice segue is this the last darian storyline almost we got the yeah. slap go on then no, this is you. Is it me? I've just talked about Bill for that, Monday, that epic storyline. Right, so this is the brother. This is Darian and his brother. Yes. On Monday, Ali has still got PTSD. Um, Maria tells Gary that this guy, the counsellor who got arrested last week, Len. said, oh, I didn't know that I was using the money for funding racists. Yeah. And he's been banned from Twitter. How embarrassing. <laughs> Not even Donald Trump's banned from Twitter still. <laughs> Darian comes in and saying, oh, my brother's in Nottingham and it's definitely him. But... He can't get to the phone right now, so I've got to go there. I couldn't believe this. It seemed like it was very disorganised and nobody actually knew where he really was, but he also didn't have the contact details for anybody in Nottingham who could check. So he decides to go. So Darian says, oh, um, no, Murray and Gary say, we'll pay for you to go to to Nottingham. And he's like, oh, no, I I couldn't take any money. And then even says, look, if I, I lost my family for 30 years, if somebody gave me money, I would... Um, bite their hands off. You need to take the money and and do and go. So he says, okay. And then I thought he was gonna go to Nottingham and come back with his brother, but no, he's left. I know. Apparently, you can't come back from Nottingham, or either that, or Maria and Gary are like, we can only afford one way. So what Nick managed I to come back like from Nottingham when he was there Nottingham. with his with his Elsa oh, a few yeah. years ago, wasn't they? So they have a goodbye. Um, a goodbye ceremony where they all eat stuff from Roy's rolls and Maria does a little speech and he does a little speech and then um, Nina gives him a bag and a, a gift and he just shoves something else on top of it shoves and doesn't even look at what it, it is. It, doesn't he? He's like, thanks, I've got to go. Got something important to do, which is going to say goodbye to Alia and saying, Alia, you're so brave. And she's like, oh, I know. I do my best. Nobody else thinks this. Why are you the only one? Alia and Paul need to have a victim off, don't they? Yeah. Who's the who's the, is, the, the biggest master of the street? Is Paul going to write a victim personal statement about what Carl oh, did Oh, yes. He could, but no, he can't because he can't, he, he can't write with, <laughs> with his dodgy hands. <laughs> I am really, and can I just say, Dar- Darren's gone and I'm mad because we didn't get to see him reunite I'm, his brother. I feel really short-changed in, here. Why couldn't they have had this guy Mo who was buying the yeah. suit why couldn't that have been his brother it would have been it convenient really but make... at least we'd have had a decent reunion we could have seen him hug and then he could have gone guys Mo's got a flat in Nottingham and I'm going to live with him that would have been a so much more satisfying ending unless unless this isn't the end of Darian I don't but know why it, did but... we have a leaving ceremony yeah, where everyone the, gave speeches the, and the tone cake. of the scene is 
this is him leaving. And you're right, he could come back with Mo, but it was... I was not, not Mo, with his, with his, his brother. brother. I mean, I was writing Darian out a million different ways. None of them were, he goes to Nottingham and never comes back. Yeah, because somebody happens to walk into the cafe saying, I happen to know where your brother is. That was like, it's sorry, the, ra- the, the racism storyline's over now. Max has been banged up. Um, we solved racism. Let's get rid of all of the superfluous characters. Sorry, you, sorry, you, Darian. sorry, Blake, you're gone. Sorry, racist, you're gone. Sorry, Darian, you're gone. Yeah. Right, finally, we had this slapper storyline. What a slapper. Um, Stop saying that. What? It's a slur. No, it's not. It's Sam fine. sees that. Sam hope. sees that. Hope is down at the bus stop. And she says, oh, yeah. She she opens up and tells him about the Beth slapping her a few weeks ago. Which is interesting because one might be forgiven for thinking that this, that slapping storyline had been kind of forgotten about. But it's still, you know, it's still ruminating and it's still... It's still trickling this, about in Hope's head. This and... reminds me of what happened with um, that time that um, Kevin decked John Stape. Yeah. And everyone was like, this is normal, a normal soap scrap. And then he got arrested and put in prison. Mm. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw um, Hope actually being really affected by being slapped and also having ramifications for Beth either. Because mm. she seems... Um, Beth seems on edge, doesn't she? Because yeah. there's a bit where she walks past Hope at the bus stop and gives her like a sheepish little wave, as in like, "Are we still cool?" And she, <laughs> she, and she talks to Tyrone in the pub and said, Hope, "Hope's not been talking about that slap since she accused me of slapping her." Actually, and Tyrone's like, "Yeah, no, don't worry, she's not been going on about it." So Beth thinks she's in the clear, but Sam is telling Beth, uh, um, "Hope, sorry, over milkshakes later." Um, she, you, you, you need to tell people about this. You can't just go around slapping little girls, and um, you need to stand up for yourself. and And hope says maybe I will next week, but it's it's Friday, so I think I'll I'll wait. Until well, she the says like, people over. will think I'm lying, so I'm not going to. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Because she's that she's got a case of the uh, the boy who cried wolf syndrome about mm. her. Um, people people aren't going to believe her, but I'm sure they will eventually. It'll be fine. It'll be okay. Okay, so um, we will leave it until next week to find out what happens with that story, I'm sure. Um, it is time to score this week's episodes, Gemma. What, what <laughs> is Stephen your character of the week? Stephen or Teddy or Leo, I don't know. You can't give they're it all to part Teddy of, or Leo. They're all part of Stephen because they came from his imagination. Mm. Unless we're going to say they really were ghosts. Uh, which I, I'm 50-50. I don't know whether to give it to... I don't know either to give it to Stephen or give it to Amy this week. I, I, I very much enjoyed both of them. Um, I, I think I think that, you know, it's a bit of a tie for me, but because Stephen has been up there quite a lot in recent weeks, um, mm. and, I, and I really, really did enjoy it, but I, I also I, I also enjoyed Amy an awful lot, and um, I'm, I'm sure that in future weeks you may well be up there again for me, so... Um, c- couple of good choices, but uh, Amy is is what I'm going for, and I am going to score. See, this is difficult with two this week's storylines, isn't it? There were so a couple of really really great ones, and there and and a lot of fluff. But I think with the way that the final scene tonight in Aaron and Amy's flat played out, the oh. way that all the ridiculousness of Stephen's LSD trip, and like that I just sat back and enjoyed. Um, I think I'm gonna give this one um, four evil eye amulets out of five, <laughs> and and this one's pointing right there at you, Aaron. 
This was what Bernie wore because she thought Carla might curse her. Yes, that's exactly right, exactly right. I'm going to give... I was going to give this three and a half. Oh, really? Because I really... You know, if it was just the Stephen and the... um, Aaron and Amy storyline, I would be given that four and a half nudging five, honestly. But we just talked through so much guff. It was. It just felt like a lot of setup for. <laughs> but other yeah, things. that's what it was. Like Friday was like, oh no, we haven't done any of this. Quick, quick, put it all in. Mm. Um, I don't. I didn't really. I'm not. Yeah, not fussed on a lot of the other things. Um, but that's okay. It all evens out at the end, isn't it? Maybe I should go for a three and a half. No, don't. I'm gonna give it three I'm and a half. I'm gonna go with my gut. What is it then? Yeah. No. Four. I've said it. Yeah, now. good. Four, four for you, and three and a half rhubarb and custard wedding cakes for me. Yeah. And the half you can have it all that's yourself. missing is for you. No, because you're not having it. Oh yeah, no, I'm not having it. I'm not having that. I'm having three and a half, and you're having the half that's missing. Right, that is it for this week's street talk. Very enjoyable talking about this week. I enjoyed that a lot. I hope you enjoyed listening. Mm. We got some more stuff for you to listen to now because it is time to go <laughs> to the cabin. <laughs> So, time for some news, and this is going to be speed news this week. Not a whole lot happening in the world of Corrie, which is why Kim Marsh is our number one um, news item what's this week. What, what's going on with her this week is that she is going to be in a musical. She's got a good set of pipes on her, does Kim Marsh, played Michelle, if you've forgotten that. So the story is, I quite like this, she's going to be in the Take That musical. Is she? She is. There's a Take That musical called Greatest Days Coming, which is basically following... Greatest Days? Greatest Days, yes. Yeah, I know, but you make it sound like Greatest Days Coming, which sounds rude. No, Greatest Days, full stop. Which is coming. So it... Stop it. So this is about... Sorry, I'm just clarifying (laughs) what you you just said. Thank you very much. This is about a group of Take That fans, and it shows what they're like as fans in the 90s, and it kind of flashes forward to what they're like now that... Now it's modern days... And it's just about that, really. Oh. So the funny thing with this is that Kim Marsh and her daughter are going to be in it, playing the same character. Mm. So so um, daughter Emily is going to be playing this character in the 90s, and then her mum, Kim Marsh, is going to be playing the same character in the 40s. So that's, that's Weirdly, quite... they don't look anything alike. But they do, apparently they do. So that's, that's <laughs> quite good. If you're good, interested in Take That and Kim Marsh, then you can get tickets to the tour, because it's going... Oh, they're doing it's a in film. May. Yes, they're doing a film and yeah. all. You might not even want to go and see Kim Marsh in it, but if you like to take that, but you don't like Kim Marsh, that's yeah. what I was going to say, you can see the film. So it's out in, in, in the theatres, the acting one. No, I mean... Hang on, the movie. The, I'm just thinking what I'm saying. The musical show with Kim Marsh in person, May onwards, mm-hmm. but if you hang on a little bit until the summer... And you can see the film, and that ain't got no Kim Marsh in it. It's got Aisling Bay, B, I don't know how to say this, and Jade I Adams. Know. You don't know how to um, say it. We so, just had this last week. So th- th- that's quite good if you're a Take That fan. As everybody knows, because long term listening of the podcast. Because what? it's the 30th anniversary of the first ever at number one, which was Prey. Can you uh, give us a little rendition of that? Pray, pray, pray another day. It's time to enjoy the things we do. No. I'm not a fan of... Prey is the... I don't know. Take that? Oh, yeah, take that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one where they're flouncing around on the beach with their with their, yeah. with their shirts never... unbuttoned in black and white. I was never a flouncy Apparently. fan. No, um, so, I was, you know, I was going to say, as long-term listeners of the podcast... Won't you I'm pray somewhat... another day? No, that's a different that. one as well. That's E17. No, I thought it was... I, I honestly... I, I blanked out when you were talking about Take That. I thought this was about Backstreet Boys. 
No. No. <laughs> Are they just... not all the same? <laughs> no. Go on. I was just going to say that they should have made a film of the Spice Girls musical because people who've listened to the podcast long enough know that my secret shame, apart from being a Coronation Street podcaster, is that I do quite like a bit of Ziggy Ziggah. And um, yeah, we went to see the Spice Girls musical twice, didn't we, Viva Forever? We went to see one of the early shows and then we saw the, the last ever show because it closed after... Yeah. Few months, I'm going to say, but it was actually good. Only liked it ironically. <laughs> it, ha- it was written by um, Jennifer Saunders, wasn't it? It was, was good. It was, it was good. It was about people that lived Should've on a house Should have made a film on it. It was. Anyway, so. What does Kim Marsh have to Kim say? Kim Marsh has got nothing to say about the Spice Girls musical, but about the Take That one. You see, we're, we're going to stall in for time here because there's no forget. news this week. I'm delighted to be returning to theatre and joining the cast of Greatest Days. I was in my early 20s when Take That were at the height of their fame. And of course, I was a huge Take That fan. Who wasn't? I, I like them ironically. Oh, yes, thank you. I'm waiting for the Hearsay musical so that somebody can play Kim Marsh in it. I don't know who that's <laughs> going to be. Um, okay, well, speaking of good. all things... I mean, Take That were fine. I, d- I just don't... I just, I'm not a fan. Better than Westlife. I don't understand so. why you'd want to be a fan of a band or a person when you could just be a fan of a song. No, I know, this is because your thing. All the songs are just like. You've always they said don't this. always have good songs, do they? You are in the minority. Am not, I really? I think you are in the minority of okay. not liking particular groups and. Is that true? I thought and, it was normal. Artists. No, people like. Are you sure? Groups. And artists. They no, don't just it's like not random songs. Are you kidding me? I know me? what I know what people like. I've got my right. finger on the pulse. Please, can everybody answer this? I don't know is what's this been true? In the the last I, I think years. it's far more normal to just take every song as it comes and go, I like it or I don't like it, rather than to go, oh gosh, take that slash the Spice Girls, various <laughs> individual people have, have released a single slash album that I have to now listen to every goddamn song of over and over again. I'm not going to say that the way that I consume music is completely the norm. Because I have a very small, narrow interest. I just don't think that's <laughs> And I've got a, a few right. bands and artists that I really like, but I will buy all of the albums. And I don't stick. think but that's I think right. I'm, it's closer. Let us know, listeners. I'd much is it rather weird go to, to like groups, or, is it, or should no. you? And should you just like individual songs? The only, the only, no, the only album I've ever thought that's actually all, all those are good, apart from greatest hits compilations, which is cheating, hmm. is Lady Gaga's first album, which everyone was a banger. Pain. Yeah, but I haven't listened to anything she's done since because I don't listen to the I radio. I think she's still going, to be honest. She's lovely. I think she's very talented. Anyway, speaking and of so all things performative, Molly Gallagher <laughs> is still, still, would you believe it, in Dancing on Ice. She's only through to the semi-finals this she's weekend. She's great, isn't she? She's, she's doing a jolly through. good job. I now, think she... she's got a, I think she's got a rice skate in someone's throat to get her through. You reckon? Well, yeah, she, good for her. Apparently, she came bottom in the leaderboard last week. I think. I don't believe she's anything I say good. about this. I think this is right. But um, she still, she she still got voted through. How, how well they can scale. Got, honestly, how can you take somebody who can't? Not that I would know. How can you take someone who can't skate and then like a month later they're spinning around you, by their ankles? I don't know whether Molly Gallagher can skate. I just kind of imagine this. That they, I've been on once. Once I, I have it. been to an ice rink and I absolutely loathe the experience. It was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? They it's like, do you like walking? But you, the, the danger of falling over. Every I do, step. I, I couldn't no. let go of the side. It's I, I, when we went there, I thought I, I'm not going to be you know pirouetting <laughs> around the rink or anything. But I thought I might be able to let go of the edge. No. Nope. We just kind of walked our way it round the side in a lap. I, I had enough ankle. of that. 
Uh, anyway, Molly Gallagher is much better than me. She got two eights, two eight and a halfs. Um, she was, she, she, maybe it was the choice of song. She, she, she skated to Come Fly With Me by Frank Sinatra. Good one. Proper, proper classic there. See? And she had a trolley as a prop, because as you might okay. remember us saying on last week's podcast, this week was prop week and she had like a little airport trolley and she, and they and they spun her around and everything it was it was very exciting and david nilson was in the audience so i think he might have managed to get some votes as well nice one nice see i can't say i'm a fan of frank sinatra but i do like the song come fly with me i, th- I think it's fine to like i'm not saying you if you like one song of an artist you automatically have to download what their entire saying? back catalogue I'm saying it's you. not unusual yeah. to have bands and artists whose entire back catalogue you do want to listen to and you not will continue to listen to it even catalog. if you don't like I challenge every single anybody. song as much as I you know. challenge everyone who goes, oh, I love Frank Sinatra. I challenge you to, to name me a song of his that's not a famous song that you like. I bet you can't do it. I, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get just, involved honestly, in this. I, I, I don't believe that's normal. I think you're weird. Well, my, my current artist, Gemma, as you know, that I'm to, into is to, Paul Heaton and Jackie gigs. Abbott. They're great. And I've got all their albums. I know, and, and I can sing all their songs. I know, I can as well. <laughs> I don't have it on in the background that much. You, you say do. you're always sick of my songs. But you all have the same songs when we're in the car. Yeah. I don't put on my music anymore because you like, not rubbish. these guys that's again. That's actual rubbish. Okay. I, oh, I, I don't have my music on. Let's listen to another Nintendo podcast. Shut up. Okay, darling. Last bit of news in this somewhat news-related segment of the podcast. Another like, chaotic very, episode very, of Conversation Street. Uh, slightly... Tell me more. Liam McShane, who plays Dylan. Dylan. Not Wilson. I knew <laughs> that. I remember from the earlier. So, did you know that he's got a twin brother? I didn't know that. You should, because when he was, in a, he was in a baby, they, he's like proper identical. But you know, when 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 they get curry babies, they often like to employ, not employ, get, steal. I can don't know how they do babies? it. Twins, don't they? Yeah. So that they can I've have heard. two people playing I've two babies playing the same one baby. But so all Liam McShane. So you don't need to bother with that. I say. I don't know. Liam McShane has played Dylan ever since he was born, and his brother played him a little bit as well at the beginning. I'll get to the news in a minute. I promise. It's not even news. It's a few weeks old. Right. But anyway. They are both patrons of Berry Hospice, and I want to say that they have done a very good job recently uh-huh. by raising nearly two and a half thousand pounds for the charity by doing a fire walk. And that is what it sounds like. You can see videos of them doing this, or pictures at least. They had like hot coals and everything. These kids are like quite young to be doing it, but I don't I don't mind them. You've got to be old and have calloused feet like me. Yeah, I don't know how they managed it, but yeah. Congrats, guys. You've done some lovely charity work. Nearly, you know, seriously crippling yourself Would you like in the aid of a hospice. help give money to the Berry Hospice, then go to the Just Giving page? You still can. You still can. They I'm did sure this a couple of weeks ago. Um, when I looked yesterday, they had 98 supporters. So uh, That's just kind of saying, can we get any Conversation pockets. Street listeners to push them over yeah, into let's that 100 supporters Liam and, mark? and his twin brother, who apparently remains nameless. I haven't written his name down. I don't know what it is. I'm very sorry. Um, you should be on Coronation Street if you want me to know what your name is. Maybe his name is Dylan. Still. It's not. Right. That's the end of our um, news section that contained some news. Good job. And some other Good job, Liam. opinions. Would you do it? Yeah, I would do it. I'm, I don't, would you really? Yeah. I, I don't think it... Honestly, I think, I think it would be fine. I suppose. Because I've seen... I mean, I've seen many people do it and you just walk really fast. 
and I can do that. If I need the toilet, I'll go really fast. <laughs> is that is that your, your preparation? Like they say, how do you prepare for your? I just imagine run? that I need the just, toilet really bad. I just drunk gallons could, of water, and if if that didn't make me move quick enough, I just unleash be, unleash a torrent onto the flames and put them out. It could be that I need the toilet right now, and I'm just imagining a toilet at the end of a load of hot coals, and I'm like, yeah, I'll go for that. <laughs> I'm trying to end this segment so that we can get on some feedback. So. Shall we do it? Yeah. Okay. Okay, um, so let's finish off with some feedback then. Now, we really enjoyed last week's Coronation Street, and it seemed like the guys on Facebook do, uh, did too. I think the only scores that people gave it were either three and a half or four. Uh, we gave it four. No, we gave it four and a half, I think, last week. Yeah. Are we going higher than the average, which is That's very, okay. very unlike us? I'm still not sure about that four that I gave this week's one. I'm thinking it should have been a three and a half now, but I'm locked in. There's nothing I can do about it. Last week's score, um, 3.76 on the Facebook group, um, including Fiona's three and a half cafe workers with Moxie. Archie's four seven thousand pounds and zero p big checks out of five, <laughs> and um, John's was my pick of the week. He gave it four darts and a perforated hat out <laughs> of five, which is a reference to that lovely Evelyn scene. Now remember, uh, when you give scores, it's not just a simple case of flinging a number onto a Facebook group. These scores directly correlate to Coronation Street staff getting pay rises. <laughs> and um, Ian McLeod has told us if they don't get, on average, for the whole year, three and a half, then they're all going to be fired and uh, they'll have to work on Emmerdale. Is, it, is this a bit like the stuff of the factory at the moment? We have to try and increase the North American votes to, to keep Coronation Street afloat. Uh, Who are we going to yeah. give some LSD to? Right, um, Richard, speaking of these scores, he sent us an email about this. He says, hope you're both well and have had a good week. It was all right. I went on strike. Um, I suspect you will receive a lot of feedback this week after Stephen's LSD trip in Thursday's episode. Um, so we didn't actually get anything to do with that. We got lots of tweets. We got lots of tweets and we got lots of stuff on the Facebook. I bet you love that. Yes. Um, So I thought (laughs) I would share something else Corey related. I hope you don't mind. Because I like to submit a score in the voting each week and I realise as a Corey glass half full merchant my scores which are generally very high tend to distort the overall average. That's alright. They're going to thank you when they get their Christmas bonus. (laughs) I track my real time thoughts each episode by texting myself ideas to score the show out of as they come up. (laughs) See I love this. I didn't do very many of this week. I, no, I do generally do this. I had three to pick from, which is a bit rubbish. I was I was had my mind on other things. But um, anyway, this leads Richard to some very strange messages in his phone. Um, and he says, if I check the text I've sent myself, I find these. I imagine they would provide interesting reading if my phone is ever examined in a real-life crime case, which I'm hoping they won't be. <laughs> these are a selection of the smorgasbord of surrealism which I messaged myself over the past three of... Over the, over the last three of last year alone. I don't understand that. Recently, let's say. So, do you remember any of these, Gemma? So, scores out for Richard, out of possible revenge attacks for dodgy corners. Sometimes I don't even recognise where yours come from for the no, week I know. that we well, just watched. Nor do I, nor do I. Um, lyrics from a Morrissey song. I think I remember that one. I vaguely remember some Morrissey reference. <laughs> Invaders blocking up the pipes and that. <laughs> Nope. Industrial accidents rather than romantic assignations. Uh, 
that sounds like something I, Evelyn would say, but... I, I feel like I'm, like, a failed Cory fan for not yeah. getting any of these references. Prophecies of men in white coats carting nutjob daughters out uh, of serial killers away. Who's that said that? can that even be? This is great. I love this. This is so mysterious. Has anyone got any guesses? Do you remember, Richard, what these were from? (laughs) Um, Bad moods due to rearranged troll dolls. Uh, Frothy coffees. Frothy coffees, which will never tempt loyal young mechanics to go to a competitor. That's something to do with Shona, wasn't it? Making. I don't know. Maybe. Metaphors about the Platt's garden, which ended up riling a budding serial killer into a gnome <laughs> kicking rage. Oh. Definitely remember the gnome kicking mm. earlier, the, uh, later last year. That was Stephen, wasn't it? And finally, cafe owners' little shuffles, which indicate they might be about to catch their staff giving their husbands freebies. Not not got a clue for most of these, but um, I'm sure they meant something at the time. That was quite funny. I can remember quite clearly which scenes some of them related to, but some do have me questioning what was going on in the show at that time. I, I'm afraid. And in my mind, he and says. And in my mind. I, I'm afraid, Richard. I'm, I, I, I can't that. help you with this most of these. This is brilliant. I love little stories about how people watch the show. Yeah. Don't I, you? Well, I like stories about how people watch the show in preparation for the podcast, in a way, <laughs> yeah. to feedback something yeah. on the podcast. You've got, to, so. you've got to be serious about it. This is no willy-nilly we, nonsense. We do sometimes change people's viewing habits, I'm sure. Because, oh, well, yeah. we'll, we'll there's, a, there's another one later that's related to that as well. But anyway, Rebecca, what does she have to say about last week's car? Fantastic week on the street. I'm still really enjoying the Max story, although I'm thinking that with Griff and Blake now leaving, that the story will catch up whenever Max leaves prison. And then the story will continue with Max's rehabilitation from the grooming. I love the scene between Griff and Spider and Max and Alia. Michael's right, you couldn't take your eyes off it. By the way, did we mention you've got that bonus episode? I have not even mentioned our bonus episode of the podcast this week. I I thought it was... I did think about it earlier and then I thought it was too late, so I'll mention it in the end, but... Yeah, let's, let's mention it on the end. Let's, okay. let's carry on with Rebecca's. But if you like Griff, you like our bonus episode. Yes. Um, Rebecca says, I also love the Toya and Spider scenes this week, but I took Spider reassuring Toya that he wasn't going anywhere rather than he could be leaving due to his job. I also agree with, I wish we could have seen the Lent arrest scene, but I'm glad that we finally found out who was stalking Maria. I knew that David was going to kiss Maria. I was fuming. However, I agree with the way Shona reacted and even though she hadn't quite forgiven him yet, the scene at the end of the week drew a line underneath it. I completely agree, Michael, as well. It was a drama for drama's sake and that's what the worst trope I hate in a soap. Hmm. I always remember, Gemma, when Lily had just been recast to this Lily and it was the Britain's Got Talent week that Fizz and Tyrone drove into Gail's Annex where Callum was and Lily was just hiding there and Gemma says, I love that kid. So Gemma has liked Lily ever since then and that's I agree, funny. I like Lily as well. How, Rebecca, you know me more I, than, better than I know myself. Rebecca can, has got some deep cut references she really to the does. podcast in her feedback sometime after. She really so, you does. Know, I didn't even remember Gemma predicting that Leo and Teddy were going to come back. And that was no, literally last me, week. Um, you know how um, Paul took Gemma to the doctors with him? Yes. I'm going to take Rebecca everywhere I go. She's going to help remember. No, I don't remember you things you say, but um, that, that's, you don't why, listen that's, to me. that's why I never cut the hedge in the old house. That's why you always say to me every day, "What we're having for dinner?" Even though I told you, listeners, we we have got a, a hedge that needs trimming in our new house. We've we've been here for like a year and a half now, and you told me a few times that I need to trim this hedge. So the saga continues for any long time listeners. Yeah, but unfortunately there are many other things that need doing more urgently. Yes, very true, but you know, I thought people who are you know, got fond memories of the hedge saga might appreciate an update. 
Anyone got any skill in damp proofing? We, 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 we could help. Um, we could use that. Yeah. Right. Rebecca yeah. says, I love mm. Ryan and Alia reunion. And I also like that there seems to be a question mark hanging over them. I loved Alia reading the statement out. And I've also liked Sarah this week as well. Although Toya was more forgiving than I could be. So I was screaming at Toya over in Ran six months ago. <laughs> now Toya is helping Alia. Oh, I've got pins and needles. Sorry. The Sedan oh. agent was quite cute. But I'm glad it seems Sedan has left. It does, yeah. Sedan's gone. Darian's gone. Who's next? Uh, Griff's gone. Matt, Matt went out. ages ago. Hunky Matt, yeah. Mm. The stalking story is brilliant, and I love Daisy. Charlotte Jordan is doing a brilliant job, but so is Justin. He's so creepy and pretends to be nice to her, but he can just turn it on so quickly. At least now we know that his mum was ill and she's died, so now I feel bad for doubting him. I'm on Michael's <laughs> side regarding Daniel. He's a complete idiot, but his heart was in the right place. Also, love Glenda, but we need more Jenny. Well, there you go, Rebecca. You got it. Jenny. You got it. More Jenny this week. I I know. I'm just always left unsatisfied with the amount of Jenny. However much Jenny we get, my heart just is screaming out for more. Has this been brought up on the show? What? Or could this be a fun argument? What? Um, who gets to walk Daisy down the aisle? Oh, we must have done. There's gonna be there's. It's gonna be. It's d- gonna be Jenny, Jenny versus... at the end of the day, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but. but... Well, Christine's already said that she's not interested in being a proper mum. I know, but I think she she might be the sort of person who says, yeah, but I still get to walk her down the aisle. Yeah. Um, After you killed my husband. (laughs) Where where is he anyway? I don't know. We we thought he'd come back, didn't we? We were expecting Mr. M to come back. No no dice so far. Um, Again, uh, Stephen annoyed me this week. Why does he want the factory so much? It isn't even that good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm intrigued at Peter finding Rufus. Rufus's watch maybe takes the watch to Rufus and Rufus reveals he wanted him to sign the contract. And obviously with Peter being connected to the factory via Carla, he might start to get suspicious. No, that doesn't happen. And can Stephen and Elaine get together, please? He's just stringing her along. And then kill her. I also like the idea of Stephen having someone suspicious of him. Abby's a good one, but I also thought of Tim. Oh, this has just reminded me, Gemma. I found out where you were making a cup of tea earlier. They had to Stephen on LSD scenes in Gogglebox tonight. Did they? So I think we need to watch tonight's oh. Gogglebox later on or, or, or tomorrow. That that could be quite fun. Okay. So I just found that out ten minutes ago. Rebecca says, finally, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Billy and Paul, the bench scene was sweet and like I said, if they're getting together, just put them together and stop dragging it out. Also intrigued by Paul's shaky hand and maybe the crash did some damage. Although if Gemma finds out, she might get the idea to sue Carla to get money for her wedding. Oh, oh interesting. Almost. That would make quite a lot of sense. Also, I love the scene with Todd on the, in the on the Gay Bay app and him complaining about when did vowels become uncool. <laughs> Character of the week is Daisy, although I did enjoy Alia and Shona too. I'll give this week four Gay Bays out of five. Yeah, we Thank didn't mention much. Gay Bay, did we? I don't really remember, did we? I don't think we did. You said you, you really liked that, uh, particularly, that particular fake website, didn't you? I use it all the time. I just remembered something else that we haven't talked about this week. Did anybody else see Ed's thing on Instagram that he did? Oh yeah, he did. Because if only Gemma had watched that before she racked up a bill of four grand. I want more of this kind of thing on Coronation Street. So if you haven't seen this, uh, Trevor Michael Bayless, who plays Ed, has filmed a little Instagram video in the role of Ed for the Coronation Street Instagram rather than his personal one giving like these energy saving tips and it was really quite funnily done wasn't it because it was in character and everything is that like, my daughter Dee Dee's asked me to come on here to give you guys some tips 
And and there was one about, oh yeah, and one last piece of advice, and I, I don't know whether I should share this with the missus yet, but try and have to keep your shares down to three minutes long. No, he said, I'm not sure I convinced can convince the wife to do this one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's but right. But have a shower. You can't, you wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't do it. You, I, lo- I love ruining... a nice long shower. No, you're ruining that you're the reason the Norwegian prawns are killing the whales. Sorry. Read Nancy's email. Sorry, whales. Right, Nancy. Nancy says, the Max storyline's been done really well recently and this week Alia went to see him, which turned out to be good because he listened to her. Um, and he was hearing comments that made him think. Spider was wonderful the way he took control of the meeting with Griff too. Alia's victim personal statement was brilliant and I loved it when Jenny said, you give him hell. Um, I like the way that Daisy's stalker storyline's being told. Daisy going to the police again was wonderful because she met PC Jess who really seems to want to help. Although where she was this week, I have to say. She's like, well, not really sure. I washed my hands of it. I yeah. tried to help. Um, the last scene when Daisy saw Justin was gripping and scary. I'm afraid of her, what her wedding will be like with Justin around. Yeah, I mean, if if Justin doesn't do anything, you know, if he doesn't up the stakes soon, it's going to be wedding season when he's going to go for his grand finale, isn't it, I think. Well, it's funny because going back to... Um, oh, Nancy is currently liking our tweets at the moment and buzzing away there. <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. She, she, she can sense her ears burning. We have a good buzzing session sometimes, don't we, uh, around this time of night? We do. Um, it's no, not I... a stalker, it's Nancy liking <laughs> all our tweets. I was just going to say that the fact that Daisy did go to the police in today's episode, didn't she, to get that, um, that stalking order or whatever it's called out on Justin, odd that they didn't show her going in there and Jess helping her out and stuff when they sort of made that friendship last week. I don't know, maybe that's still to come. Anyway, um, Nancy continues, if Stephen tries to steal Underworld, I think Beth will get suspicious. This will ruin Stephen's plan. And I found it interesting when he didn't reveal all his plans to Sarah too. I hope Paul goes back to the doctor for his hand. I'm sure Bernie will find a way to help Jenny, uh, Gemma out with a gas bill. Um, I give this week's episodes four and a half rounds of drinks bought by Evelyn out of five. Character of the week is Alia. But a shout out to the courageous Daisy. Yeah. Over to you. Over to what you. Because what, it's your turn. You I'm haven't saying. finished reading the. Thank you for another brilliant podcast, Nancy says. What are you reading about on your phone? I was listening to you. To you reading that out. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, right. Last one, Gemma, and I and I um I, I stole this one off Facebook because we didn't have too many emails come in this week. But I thought that um Liam's comment as as something pretty positive to end the uh, the podcast would be quite nice. So uh, over to you. Thank you, Nancy. Liam. Now this is Liam's um, Facebook message post. Just watched tonight's episode and I was ready to sing Carla's praises right until that final scene. I mean, going cap in hand to Stephen again. Seriously, the old Carla would never have put up with his nonsense and she should have told that Rufus to stuff it too. Still a good start to the week overall, although with some great scenes. I felt like I was doing it. Weather report then. <laughs> Great start to the week. There will be some dull moments, but <laughs> but summer's on the way. <laughs> summer's on the way. Yeah, watch out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Liam says, despite watching alone, I actually shouted, "Go on, Carla!" out loud when she sacked Stephen. Well. Yeah, which is why I was so disappointed and annoyed by the ending. The scene with Gemma eating the cakes was hilarious. I'd have thought she'd have been partial to a bit of ginger though. <laughs> <laughs> That was the one that Je- uh, Jenny said was her favourite this week, I think. Well, she is, yeah. I know. It's a shared experience. I yeah. like ginger cake. Oh, fancy making some gingerbread. No, make some... Make some... I'm going to make a yoghurt pot cake. No. 
Yes, I am. Okay. What do you mean, no? Okay, you kind of... It's Nigella Lawson's recipe of the day. Okay, fine. But Gemma made very nice um, cinnamon bread and butter pudding oh, this I did. week. That was lovely. Um, I watched... I'd have that at my wedding. I watch a YouTube channel called Anti Chef and he makes Julia Child recipes and she had a recipe for, what did you call it? Cinnamon toast crunch bread pudding. Yeah. And I didn't follow it. I just made my made one up. up. But um, it was really nice. It was lovely. It was lovely. Liam says, um, Evelyn was brilliant acting like she put a great deal of thought into Darian's leaving gift. But the scene when she talked about losing her family and reuniting with them was really touching and had the right balance between showing Evelyn's deeply hidden good heart and her usual brash manner. And it was quite a novel way of getting out of her paying her bill. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, see, this is what it kind of annoys me when people compare Evelyn to Blanche and say that Blanche was better because I just think they're completely different characters. Evelyn has Blanche would have never have you know had that scene and, and given the present. Blanche wouldn't been. have Blanche probably had had her moments where she was humanized as a character and came out with something incredibly touching. Like I remember her a few times nearly in tears talking to Deirdre oh, about yeah, something yeah. or another, but. They're they're different. They're just very different characters. Mm. Liam said, enjoyed Faye tonight. A couple of really touching scenes between her and Sally discussing Miley and the reasons why she thought it was best to stay out of her life. And her loyalty towards Carla was quite a nice touch. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if that's going to come into anything. I've seen some people suggesting that there's going to be something coming out there because Carla said, you know, well done, Faye. One thing I value is loyalty. It's like, I owe you one. I so heard someone say that they thought Carla was going to be... Yeah, I saw that as well. A surrogate for Faye or something. I don't know how anyone odd. thinks that could happen. No, I just, I just, to be honest, I just don't know what's, what the future has in store for Faye, particularly on the on the show, because it it feels like Corrie really aren't investing that much in I her I feel as bad for Faye, because I feel like she's missed the boat for the age group. She's just aged out of that little tweeny... Yeah, Again. yeah, she's she's older. If she was like, I don't know how old she is, but she's just a few years younger. She'd be part of that group more, and she just is on her own, isn't her she? Her and she's... Craig yeah. are just slightly too old to be in the gang. Yeah, they they just they're just outcasts, really, aren't they? Sad. They're, they're, mm. Sad. I don't mind. I don't. Can you imagine today's scenes at the bistro with Faye and Craig in? Though, it, no, it, I, I wouldn't have liked that. I mean. Yeah, you can't have three buzzkills, can you? <laughs> Liam says, don't know if I go quite so far as to say it was a banging start to the week, but definitely got the higher end of bog standard, apart from the Stephen stuff, which was bobbins, as usual. See, this is what I was talking about, about other people watching Coronation Street in a way to, you know, think about the podcast. We're like, influencing the way you think about watching now. the show. With our street talk shorts we're having quite a few people telling us whether the episodes are banging or bobbins or bog standard. Yeah, that's right. So I appreciate that. I like we're that people are taking on a little ideas there. Thank you, as always, to anybody who um, has been watching our street talk shorts. Do still love doing those. And also, thank you very much to um, everybody who came along to the premiere of our um, <laughs> Michael Condron yeah. interview um, oh, yesterday. So... This is the actor who plays Griff on our bonus podcast this week that yeah just came out the other day. Um, was a, a very long, it's about an hour and a quarter or so, interview with him. And um, he was just the loveliest guy, as expected. Um, I managed to, or well, we, well, he, I guess, managed to surprise quite a few listeners by speaking in his real Northern Irish accent. But uh, he just he just chatted on for ages He's about... Great. 
and he's becoming so... an actor, working on Corrie, his yeah. love for the programme. He's re- he knows his character so well and he, he, he talks about he's all these things thoughtful that he thinks about so him that doesn't appear process. on the show. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I love it's... it when I find out what, you know, yeah. the actors, how they th- think about... Yeah. yeah, they're not just coming in, reading lines, and then going. Or he's he's certainly not. So um, I, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Michael, for um for coming onto the podcast and, and chatting with it. a lovely and very nice to hear that he was a bit of a conversation street I listener know. on the sly. As Always well. makes me feel nervous. <laughs> it's like, does anyone really listen? Have you listened this far, everybody? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's quite a long one this week, isn't it? I would also like to say a very big thank you to Lauren and Just Manic, who are two new patrons yes, for thank the week. You. Thank you very much. That was it's always nice to get a new patron, but to have two in the same week was really, absolutely lovely. You guys help us so much. Thank you so much for your support. And um we hope that you enjoyed our most recent patron upload, which was top five couples who aren't suited. Yes, to mis- each other. mismatched couples we did on Number Patreon this one week. It was fun, wasn't it? Will shock you. Oh stop it. It will. You were shocked by number one. I was shocked by number one. It's fair, I was shocked by Gemma's number one. That was a controversial pick. It was, it really was. Mm. If you sign up to conversationstreet.podbean.com, you can access a whole... You don't mean that, you mean patreon.com slash conversationstreet. You've written... Oh yeah, I've read read it completely wrong. Yes, you did. (laughs) Patreon.com, and then you find us on there, you can sign up to... What Should tier, you wish? What tier do you have to get? Bistro tier. So Bistro the second highest one will give you all our bonus episodes. Every lovely. single one that we've already done, over 40 different amazing top fives, hours of content on there for you. As if we don't produce enough for we you, We do, honestly. don't we? Um, we? You can review us on iTunes or you can give us um, a star rating on Spotify, should you wish, where you can also find the show. You can find us on Instagram, where Michael does hilarious little um, story things. Which I do my best. Ages on. I do my best. I was quite pleased with the gif I chose for my Shona picture the other day with a little the little bouncing box with a target over it. Um, where <laughs> Don't else forget about we? our YouTube shorts, which we upload after every episode. We haven't missed one yet. Not yet, no. We've been going it's for over happen. a month now. It's going to happen. Because oh. I'm not going to do this every single... Yes, you're locked in now, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Um, by half past nine, you're almost certain to find our verdict about what happened on the show so you can just check to see if you're thinking correctly about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's Facebook it. Twitter and etc etc et and if else... you want to email us it's conversationstreet at gmail.com yes. don't forget to enter that competition if I was going to mention win. the competition this is your and last chance don't forget our bonus episode this week yes and 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 don't forget if you'd be interested in buying a platinum oh, yes. edition Conversation Street water bottle for an extortionate amount of money. It, it's not our fault, not, but that's the amount it costs. We're not charging you any more than the bottle costs to buy on the website. No, no, that we're not. We're weird. not going to make mega profit from this or anything. But just literally, if you're thinking you might be interested in buying one of and these black um, Conversation Street bottles with lovely silver etching in, if just you want to see what they know. look like. Um, the the website is called Four RCs Health, I think. Four RCs Health. We should. I think what we might just do is put a picture of it on the Facebook group or something. And, and it's say, called Fosh. Yeah. And um, you can find what they look like, and it will be the black one with silver. Yeah, we will put a, we'll put a post up there. But if you want to buy, if you want to buy them on the website, they you they can't come buy in, Conversation Street. You can't ones, buy a can Conversation you? Street one. 
I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what size we're going to be making. I don't know if it's a 500 milliliter or a, or a 750, but the 500 milliliter is 22 pounds and the 751 is is 30. So mm. okay, I don't know if well, they're a bit pricey. We we're not. We, we need to know whether people want them because we can't afford to it's just It's just buy a little idea at the moment. Um, next week we have got a bonus podcast which should be a lot of fun. If you're a patron you'll also be able to find out soon a bit more about that. I've got an idea about something that um, should, yeah, should, should, should be a little bit that we haven't tried before. What are you talking about? I'm going to have to tell you later. We have tried something similar before, but not exactly the same thing. You will have to wait next week to find out what that is, everybody. But until then... Um, what are you talking about? I'm going to tell you in episode. a minute. It's the bonus podcast next week. I thought week. you were talking about Patreon. The Tuesday night episode-ish mm. is going to be a little bit different. You know well, what I, think I, I mean. I think I know what you mean. You know what I mean. Um, right, we're going to go. We're going to go. Time for bed. Lots to um, do this weekend. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Jen I was about to say something off the wall. Don't don't deadhead your hydrangeas yet, but if you want to prune your roses, you can. But only if you live in the UK. Don't be taking my advice in Canada or anything. And with that, have a good weekend, everybody. And that goes for oh anything I say. Don't take my advice if you're in Canada. Are you, are we, I'm not legally responsible for anything that happens in Canada. I've I been thought told you said we wanted to, you wanted to wrap this one up. Justin Trudeau told me I had to tell everybody Is that the stalker? Stop giving everyone advice who lives in Canada Goodbye, the music of this episode came from podcasting Bye